go i'm looking at you right now i don't care where you're watching this from we are so close to the start of the college football season coming up here in about five ish minutes we have one of my all-time favorite lsu play-by-play artists coming up here in just a second and we are chatting anything and everything lsu football you do not want to miss tonight's guest okay you didn't know there was gonna be a guest tonight you guys know I am never going to have a guest on here that you're not going to love, all right? And we've never had a bad guest on PHL, knock on wood. Now, what I want you to do is ask yourself this question. Do you believe in playing the best players? Ask yourself that question. You obviously see the thumbnail image. It is Lance Hurd. Do you believe Lance Hurd is one of the 22 best players on LSU football right now. And it's not actually even one of the best 22 players. Do you believe he's one of the best five offensive linemen? Do you believe Deshaun Womack is one of the best eight-ish defensive linemen? Because you guys know they rotate in more often. Do you feel Caleb Jackson is one of the top three running backs on this team right now? And if the answer to all three of those questions is yes, then Brian Kelly needs to play them, okay? There is too much riding on this game versus Mississippi State for us to go into this game and say, look, we're not going to play our best guys because it's on the road. It's the first SEC game of the season. The truth is, this is a do-or-die game for us. We have got to win this game. Now, in theory... We don't. Last year, of course, LSU lost the game versus Tennessee. And guess what happened? Guess what happened? LSU went on to win out, and LSU went on to be in a position where they could potentially get to the playoff. But guess what happened? Guess what happened? They ultimately ran into a roadblock. Obviously, if you used your eye test, you could look at LSU's team last year and say, well, we're not really a college football playoff team. We're an SEC West champion, but we're not really a college football playoff team. So that's why Saturday's a big game. I'm not so concerned if LSU wins the game versus Mississippi State. That's not what I'm really concerned about. I am worried about the how. I want to see LSU play well. I don't want to see LSU have these games like they had last year versus Auburn. I know what you're you're going to say to me. Hey, Carter, you're spoiled. A win is a win is a win is a win. You should take a win any kind of way you could take it. You should take a big win, a small win, a fried win, a grilled win, a barbecued win, a sautéed win. I know I sound like bubblegum shrimp right now, but I don't care. That's not me, though. If Brian Kelly is the one that's going to preach process, we've just got to play better. And I want to see, at least versus Mississippi State, not a Jekyll and Hyde half. And you have seen LSU. You cut every game in half, all right? Every single game that LSU has played up to this point, 
take out the Purdue game, which featured a JV team. If you split every game into halves, you'll see on average LSU normally plays one good half and one bad half of football. And that is exactly what happened versus Florida State. Now, last year, there were some games where LSU played two good halves, Alabama being one of those, Florida being one of those. And then there was games where LSU played two bad halves, and they still were able to win the game. Arkansas being one of those games, knowing that they weren't a really good team and they were playing a backup quarterback who is now a backup at Texas State. So we have got to play better because that would mean that we did take a step forward as a team. And if we do not play better versus Mississippi State and we do kind of drag our feet through a victory, I would be happy with the victory. I don't want you guys to take that away from me. I don't want you to I don't want I don't want you guys to say, well, Carter didn't really care that we won. No, I'll take a win. But I'm telling you, if we don't look impressive, we need to start making some drastic changes because Arkansas has got a really solid team, not a great team, a really solid team coming into Tiger Stadium that next week. And then, of course, we have the dreaded back-to-back road games coming up versus Ole Miss and Missouri, which is obviously something I dread because that is our main stat that we have discovered here on PHL. So that's the question. I want you to answer this in the chat before we get to our guest here. Is Brian Kelly going to actually play the younger stars. He said tonight on the Brian Kelly Coaches Show that Deshaun Womack is going to get some run. Okay? He said he is ready to play. He also mentioned Lance Hurd um, throughout this week. He is a thumbnail image. Let me know right now. Do you believe Lance Hurd should start? Let me know. I'm fine with him not starting. I felt Miles Frazier played okay this past week. I'm fine with him not starting, but I do want to see him play. I do. Let's go to Chance, who makes a really good point. 11 a.m. games. 11 a.m. games. We did not play well in either one of those games. We're lucky to win one of them. 11 a.m. games are road games. That is another mark of LSU taking that next step. So you have to ask yourself this question. How we win is important. Last year, I didn't care how we won. First-year team, I was a little bit more forgiving. But this year, how we win is going to be important. Okay? Now, we say hi to Steven, Mick, Jared. Thank you for the Super Chat earlier on the SEC stream. We say hi to Michael B. Billy, good to see you. Dr. Morgan, Adam, Danny Girl. I'll see a lot of PHO regulars on here. Now, what I'm going to need you to do is hit the subscribe button, ring the bell. We're going to do this again. This has been very popular on this channel. If we get to a hundo in Super Chance, we're giving out another Jaden Daniels card. I know he's in an Arizona State uniform, but once they come out with Jaden cards in an LSU uniform, we'll be giving out a Jaden Daniels card to you, PHL Nation. Um, and we'll talk about everything tonight. Now, I want to introduce tonight's guest. Okay? And before I do, if you are not familiar with him, he, to me, and I know I'm a little biased here. He is my all-time favorite LSU play-by-play artist. Okay? Super biased. You're going to love him. Let's go. 17 puntos en el primer cuarto. Cero puntos después de esto. DJ con espacio a su izquierda. No hay bandera. Aquí viene el short. 50, 40, 30, 20, 10. Touchdown! 
DJ Shark. That was an all-timer. Say hi to my friend and yours. What's up, Mario? Perez. Party power. Let's go. Man, happy memories. That that game against Auburn in 2017, I tell people, man, that, that is an underrated LSU memory. Like they came back. Uh, it was not a pretty day in Tiger Stadium that day, weather-wise, but uh, that was one of my favorite memories, and that is definitely my favorite call in my time doing LSU football in Spanish. So tell me this. Did the go DJ, that's my DJ, did you have that prepared or did it just hit you? Oh, no. I, I, I low-key did have it prepared. Like, I knew <laughs> I was going to do it if he ran one back against a marquee opponent, and it just happened at the best possible time, and I executed it, and it's one of my favorite memories. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm a huge DJ Chark guy. When I started collecting, he was one of my first players because I love three-star kids uh from from alexandria man what a freaking dude have you ever met him have you ever uh a couple times yeah that was my senior year of college when that call went down so uh yeah through through my work with the reveille uh, i got to meet him face to face a couple times he still shows love on twitter sometimes whenever i uh whenever i bring that that video up but uh he actually might be on the other team this monday when i'm calling the saints game because he's on Panthers and he actually practiced today so we might Good. see DJ Shark in enemy colors, which might be a little trippy. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of tough. I've evolved on that. Like, I mean, I, I'm always going to be an LSU guy over Saints. So I am weird in that I'm still attached to the players when they leave LSU. The yeah. truth is when they leave LSU, a lot of people just kind of forget about them. And I see that because I do videos on these guys and they don't do as well as like the current guys. So I'm like – I love DJ Chark. I love Terrace Marshall. So I want them uh, to do well, but I don't want them to, to to do well. Now, I do want to make this clear that there is no dedicated LSU Spanish broadcast. There is for the Saints. So um, if you want to listen to these Saints broadcasts, just go follow Mario on Twitter at Mario. What is it? Underscore Harris underscore e underscore Jerez. yes sir so mario underscore e underscore Jerez. so uh you and i've done a thousand segments on 104.5 so i had to bring you on here okay so if you have any questions obviously this is more of an lsu based guest but he's obviously been studying mississippi state all week if you have any questions regarding that let me know and as always if you do super chat we go straight uh to your question now from your vantage point how do you feel about LSU's team after the first couple of weeks uh, as someone who gets up and does radio every morning on 104.5? Well, yeah, I mean, obviously still some question marks, but at least they're healthy for the most part right now. I mean, people want to see a whole lot more out of uh, Perkins. Hasn't flashed very much, only had the one tackle last week. But honestly, man, I feel like we still have a lot to learn about uh, this year's team. You made a really good point, I thought, there in the intro that – we're, you know, you had the Florida State game, Bramblin' last week. You had some good individual performances. I'm, I'm curious to see what Logan Diggs can do for sure. But LSU kind of got punched in the mouth their first game. They have no reason to come out flat this game. And I think we're going to learn a lot. At the end of the day, they're still kind of trying to bounce back from that uh, first loss against FSU. And Moose State, you know, undefeated. They've looked a little bit vulnerable. They have a really good rush defense. But I don't think LSU is going to go in there and roll. I think they will face some adversity in this game. 
maybe it's just trying to close it out in the end, you know, in front of the Starkville crowd. But I don't think it's going to be easy for LSU. And I think we're going to learn a lot starting in this game, first SEC game. So Grant was also um, – Grant was before your time as as well. D- do you know Yenny? Uh, I, no, I live off yeah. of Joe Yanny Boulevard and Kenner. <laughs> but no. No, so Grant uh, was also a student radio guy. And obviously I was the KLSU era a little bit before you as well. Uh, but Grant, obviously one of my big inspirations. So he's a broadcast nerd. He listens to every form of media. So if he says you're the GOAT, uh, he is a very tough judge. Uh, he really does mean it. So uh, that's really nice of you, Grant, uh, to say it. Look at Chance. I'm not sure why, but the Spanish call has so much energy. So, uh, yeah, so we'll start with that, obviously. Uh, you, you did the Spanish call uh, for, for LSU. And I'm guessing the energy kind of is inspired by some of the Telemundo soccer announcers, correct? Yep, for sure. But you see a little bit of it with the American guys, you know, yeah. Gus Johnson and others that kind of have a similar style. I, I try to blend both. You know, when I do interviews like this in the Spanish language, I say the same thing. Like, it's okay. it's a little bit different from a conventional Spanish broadcast, but uh, it, it, in terms of like soccer and stuff, but it definitely does have that like Latino flair. That being said, uh, when I do games in English, for example, I'm doing the Central High School games, you still see a little bit of that. So, yes, it yeah, definitely yeah. has roots in, in Latin American and Spanish-speaking broadcast, broadcasting, but I also kind of make it my own thing. I find it really fascinating, and we'll get into LSU right after this, but Hispanics love football, like American football, mm-hmm. and I know this – because when I did 104.5 with you, you had a Raiders guest who was Spanish-speaking. Raiders fans, I would guess probably at least a third of Raiders fans are Hispanic. I mean, that's a lot uh, considering like uh, how big it is. Cowboys fans, 49ers fans, you see it, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's grown a lot. And now you see you know, fans of more obscure teams in Latin America that root for the Saints or the Vikings okay. and Eagles, who I'm watching out of the corner of my eye right now. But it's grown a whole lot. And, and yeah, it's huge, man. Like like I was telling you before, I, I do interviews in, from like Spain and Mexico all the time. Like people love them some NFL, not unlike people here that follow like the Premier League and, and stuff like that. It, it's it really is a global brand these days, both the NFL and, and college football. It hasn't always been like that, but that's grown a lot in recent years, too. Yeah, I thought it was really cool. Um, Marvin Jones of the Lions. Did you see this last Thursday? Uh, like, yeah, he, had, he had an absolutely awful game. He had a fumble and only had like a catch. But there was a Spanish-speaking uh, – like Telemundo was there – and he did. He was the only one on either team that could speak Spanish. So he got to do like a national interview on like a huge network because he did. did you see that? Uh, I, I vaguely saw that, and that was yeah. funny. But I have actually a really funny story to tell since you brought that up. Yeah. So yeah. we we got to broadcast a national championship game in Spanish for okay. LSU and Clemson, right in the Superdome, and in the booth next to us was Cam Jordan and Marvin Jones. And uh, my color guy for the broadcast was able to kind of get Cam Jordan's attention. And he ended up coming in our booth and we interviewed Cam Jordan. And it was kind of like a Spanglish interview. you know, Like we asked the questions in Spanish, translated for him, he would answer, then we would translate for the audience. But 
we were so caught up in trying to get Cam on the broadcast and interview him and then let him go before we kind of got in trouble or whatever, that it completely, uh, it, it, it was completely unnoticed by us that Marvin Jones speaks Spanish. Wow, like he's wow. fluent in Spanish and he looked like he wanted to come on the broadcast. Like he was really wow. interested in what we were doing, but we were so preoccupied and doing a little yeah. interview with Cam and then getting back to the game, you know, the national title game that we did not interview Marvin Jones. And that would have been a cool thing. To do. So that's kind of a funny story. That is so wild. I, I bet your Marvin was like, I am the most qualified person in probably the entire NFL to do this. Uh, but yeah, Cam's an absolute legend. Um, He's awesome. We said to Dante. Good to see you. Uh, let's get to a few of these questions. Let's go to LB88. Why do the experts have LSU by 10 points? Mario, you're, you're a big Vegas guy as well. Your thoughts on that? I think a lot of it is uh, what based on what state has done, right? Like LSU lost to Florida State in that first game, like we just talked about. But Florida State is really good right now. They're going to be favored in that game against Clemson next week. But uh, Moose State, they came out, they uh, they played Southeastern in the first game, rolled, struggled a little bit in that game, but for the most part rolled. But then they needed overtime to beat Arizona last week. And I think we just talked about the few questions for LSU, but there's a whole lot of questions about Mississippi State. Like, that's such a big paradigm shift to go from what they were running with Mike Leach to what they're trying to do now with uh, with Arnett and the new OC that they brought over from App State. So, And that's not even to mention the circumstances that he had to take over. You know, that's really tough after Mike Leach passed away. So I think the spread is based a lot on what Mississippi State has done so far and then kind of having to prove themselves. I have a theory on this. Um, so like point spreads use a lot of predictive analytics that goes into it. So if you go look at a stat like SP plus, which you're familiar with, it's done by Bill Connolly of ESPN. A lot of predictive analytics is how good your offense is, right? And how efficient you are on a play-by-play basis. Okay. Up to this point, Mississippi State has not been efficient, right? They had the game versus Southeastern uh, that was kind of, you know, groggy, if you will. They weren't all that sharp. And then last week, Arizona committed five turnovers, right? And Mississippi State only won by a little bit. So what the analytics would say is, hey, this team at home should have probably won by more points and they were outgained by 130 yards. But Mississippi State had short fields, right? If you throw, like, as you know, if you throw a lot of interceptions, you're going to have short fields, right? And from the LSU side of it, the analytics love LSU still. They have been good offensively. They had one bad half, right? Grambling, they played a flawless game offensively. And obviously – not only has LSU been efficient, they have played a lot of plays per game. The most shocking stat between LSU and Mississippi State when I was doing research on this, and Mario, you know this because you're you're a Le- you're a fan of Leach. I know Riv- uh, Rivers is obviously a, a big Mississippi State fan. Shout out to her. Um, this was so shocking to me. LSU was 14th in these first two games in plays per game, 14th in all of college football. Mississippi State this year is 87th in plays per – actually, not plays per game, plays per minute, which would come out to plays per game as well. 87th. So 
LSU has not only been very good offensively, not only they've been explosive, they have also been very efficient and they're playing more plays. So what the analytics would say is LSU's got more talent. Uh, they, they they had the better preseason power ranking, whatever, and they have been far better offensively than Mississippi State. So that's why I think the line is inflated. Where I think if this game was played more in the middle of the season and there was more data out there, that's just that's just my theory. But Mario, you agree with me? I think this game is going to be really close. I do. That's fair. I mean, I, in my head, Starkville in the daytime is always going to be a challenge. T Bob yeah. talks a lot on the morning show about uh, the 2009 game. You know, they went in there a little bit overconfident. They ended up needing Chad Jones to bail them out with some uh, superhuman stuff that he did in that game with the punt return and then the the tip on the goal line. Yeah. Which, by the way, why were they throwing it in that situation? We were talking about that all the time. But, yeah, man, it's, it's not going to be easy at all. Those guys are going to be motivated. They definitely could have done some stuff better the first couple of weeks. But at the end of the day, they're 2-0. and out. They have LSU 2-0, and out, excuse me. They have uh, LSU coming in their building. They're doing the whole stripe out thing. And that place, I don't know if it's been intimidating. I'm sure you've been to Starkville. Uh, yeah. I, went for, I went for the 2015 game when they were opening the season against LSU, Dak Prescott's senior year. And it is loud. Like, you will have the the clanga clanga, the cowbell still ringing in your head every time you leave. So, no, I don't think it's going to be easy, man. Like I said, LSU is going to face some adversity, whether it's trying to come from behind in the end and eke out a win or trying to hold those guys off. Uh, I'm confident that they're not going to go in there and just roll. Well, how does that affect the point spread? Will they cover? Uh, I don't know. This, this, these are one of the spots early in the season where I'm honestly going to stay away from a, from a betting stand. Yeah. Yeah. Um... I I I I I don't like LSU covering ten points on the road at eleven. I I think they do win. Um, and I'm supposed to save my prediction for the very end, but I just find you know this conversation flowing so well here that I just think this game is going to be close. I also think it's going to be clunky. Um, I I really do. I think this could be like a classic LSU Mississippi State game, right? It could be like a twenty-seven to 23 kind of game 27 to 20 kind of game something uh along those lines uh let's go to adam here i don't see them winning with just him throwing 30 passes but because if it comes down to a boat race on points i don't see state keeping pace just watching film i don't see it i agree actually do agree. I, don't, I don't think mississippi state's offense is that good but mario the big thing is what if Mississippi State's offense isn't good, but LSU's defense is just flat out terrible? Yeah, I mean, uh, some people seem to think they're still susceptible uh, in the secondary, you know, but just based off of how Mississippi State plays, I could also see how people think they won't really be able to utilize that. And and I agree with that last comment there. I think if LSU is able to go in there and, and start the game similar to how Tennessee started the game last year when they came to Baton Rouge, you know, get them down a couple possessions early, make them have to come from behind, LSU will have a much better chance. I think ultimately they will get back in the game, but uh, they'll have a much better chance if you force them to play catch up a little bit. If there was a game for the secondary to get going, it's this one for a few reasons. The left side of Mississippi State's offensive line is experienced, but sometimes experience is not a good thing, right? There's a reason why you might still be out of school, okay? And Mississippi State a few years ago had a left tackle by the name of Charles Cross. He was a first-round pick. I'm sure you remember him, right? Yeah. And last year, their left tackle, his name is Dollar Bill. That's his nickname. And Harold Perkins destroyed him. 
BJ Ojolari destroyed them. Their left guard, Nick Jones, also got destroyed by the LSU pass rush. Wingo and um, and last week he had a tough game versus Arizona. So the pass rush versus a non-mobile quarterback should be able to get home. And these wide receivers aren't that great. They're good. Tutu Griffin is good. Jaden Wally is good, but they're not great. So if there is a group of receivers, it would be these that you could cover. Yeah. And the last thing, people get on Jaden Daniels for not taking shots. It's a great point. He should take more shots. There were a few in the first couple of games that he could have thrown. But Will Rogers, ADOT, average depth of target versus Arizona was 5.2. 5.2. He doesn't take shots. He's still the air raid dink and dunk Will Rogers. So they don't have a deep passing game. They do have a good run game, which is kind of weird. Mario, I, I is this fan me coming out thinking that the LSU defense could 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 put together a good performance here? Oh, uh, I think that if they're not able to, it's it's fair to be a little bit concerned at this point. I mean, T-Bob and Jade did their whole film review thing early in the week. And okay. just seeing Arizona's D-line, just seeing those guys lined up in their stances, like that's a big shift from what you're going to see at LSU. Like they yeah. look like, you know, maybe elite, no disrespect to Arizona, but maybe like elite high school players. LSU's defensive line is built like NFL players. You would hope guys yeah. like Wingo and uh, and Mason Smith, who needs to get a little bit back into football shape, can utilize that matchup, and they can be in Rogers' grill the whole game. If not, then maybe it is uh, maybe it is cause for a little bit of concern the rest of the way. Now, Sibley, I'd be interested in what you have to say about this. So, John Sibley, longtime LSU fan. Um, now, I believe LSU and Mississippi State longest tenured game I feel LSU has played. And is, is that right? That's right. I'm, I'm pretty sure it is. We confirmed, but I think that, yeah, that's the longest series. Right. And they have played every year, I think, 40 consecutive seasons, okay? Mm-hmm. And next year is going to be the first year that they don't play, which is kind of wild. I'm okay with it. You know, when Mississippi State on the hierarchy of SEC West games, for me personally, they're actually last when it comes to games that uh, uh, that that I get excited about. So I'm not really going to miss this game a whole lot, even though there have been some interesting games between these two schools. But most mostly this has been a mad matchup during my lifetime, outside of, of course, the Chad Jones game. So, yeah, I, I don't think I'm, I don't think I'm going to miss it. Do you, are, are you going to shed a tear? Oh, I don't think I'm going to shed a tear. Uh, I'd have to agree with you. Like, we're just going to rank. If, if we were just to rank, you know, the biggest rivals just inside the division, they'd probably be last. But I'll definitely still be a little sad to see it go. You know, the college football traditionalist in me will not be happy to see that rivalry end. Like, lots of happy memories. We mentioned the Chad Jones game in 2009. And a few times in my lifetime, because I could probably count on my hand the number of times Mississippi State has beat LSU since I've been alive. Even those games were memorable, man. Uh, the game in 2014, that was one of, like, not counting the Alabama games, one of the first losses that LSU lost in the conference that I broadcasted. That was a memorable game. Uh, 2017, they got us pretty good uh, with Monte Sweat and, and those guys. Like, it, it's been it's been a fun series. But, no, I don't I don't think I'm going to shed a tear. It, I, I'm sad to see you go for sure, but uh, they're probably last on my list of SEC West rivals as well. 
Mississippi State Dog says it's going to be hilarious when LSU thinks we're going to run it the whole game and new offense coordinator lets Will Rogers throw it 40 or 50 times against a week. Say, like, hey, you might be right. Hey, Mississippi Dog, you're you're telling Noah about the flood here. I mean, we're 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 worried that Will Rogers is going to come out there and do it. The the issue is you don't have Rara Thomas, you don't have Makai Polk, you don't have the guys that have made the explosive plays versus LSU these past couple seasons, but we could see it. Epic Shorty agrees with us, as does Dr. Morgan, that Mason and Perk are going to go off. Uh, if we lose to State this weekend, we got bigger issue than who's just playing QB. Now, I'm going to go to that, Mario. How do you feel about Jaden Daniels' performance in the first couple of weeks? I'm still... We have, we have a saying in our group, me, uh, with me and my college buddies from the Rebel League, LSU, all that, uh, that we're still Jaden. Like, Jaden Daniels definitely could have done some things better. You could watch the tape and be nitpicky. But for the most part, I think he's fine, you know. Uh, this is definitely a big test for him here. But they got to help him out and not drop the ball like they did against Florida State. Like, they, there's so many other areas of the team that you can also argue need improvement, argue for, you know, benching Jaden Daniels. Like he needs to be a little bit better. Nuss is going to continue to breathe down his neck, but as of right now, he's still fine. He's still one of the best uh, QBs in the conference, if not the best, through a couple of weeks. And I'm not really tripping about Jaden Daniels just yet. I think, I think he's going to be. Okay. I don't know about the best. I I do think I do I do think he's top. I do think he's top three. Now he's my favorite, but I think he can go on a run here and he can be number one. Again, because he was, you know, per the Heisen odds. Uh, and I feel like you. I feel like he's played really well. I do want to see him be more consistent from half to half. And this Mississippi State game last year was, was you know, the Jaden game, right? That fourth quarter was one of the best clutch fourth quarters we've seen from an LSU quarterback. It was the first three where, you know, he was missing some things. So for me, I'd like to see him put together, you know, a four-quarter road performance outside of just the Florida game uh, last year. Uh, Let's talk talk LSU running game. How do you feel about running back rotation in, in the running back room overall? I really like Logan Diggs. You know, he's going to – I think he's going to – he spelled a lot of the time. LSU still has a little bit of depth there. Caleb Jackson doing some really good things. But this is someone who I saw a little bit of when he was at Rummel. Very, very talented. He okay. Produced yeah. He produced a lot of Notre Dame, had really good numbers. And right now, he might be the best pure between the tackles uh, guy for LSU. So I still think they'll do the, the thing by committee for the most part. But if there's one guy that's standing out, and I know it was Grambling last week, but I really think he can build off what he did. What do you think? Well, it's who I lost you there at the at the end. I said I think I know he was playing against Grambling last week, but I really liked what I saw in that game. I think he can build on and bring it into this one against better competition. What do you yeah, think? Yeah, I, I I'm a huge Caleb guy. Um, obviously, I still think Josh should be a part of what LSU does. I also think Noah Kane is a very good short yardage back. I do like the fresh legs of John Amory. I think that could be a, a blessing in disguise, him coming in motivated, ready to go. But I do think Caleb is 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 probably the second best back on this team right now uh, behind just Logan. Now, is some of that just 
my priors wanting to be confirmed because I had Caleb Jackson as I think the third best player in this class when the services had him like seventh or eighth. Yeah, you you want your predictions, you know, to 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 come true. And I understand Brian Kelly um before the season said, Hey, experienced backs normally, you know, work out and win the job in this offense. So this is a little bit different, right? right? This is a this is a guy who uh is is truly special with the football in his hands. And kind of like your call with DJ Chark, he's a special teams maven. You know, that first kickoff return, if Sage Ryan didn't tackle him. He's probably housing that. So I, I'm a huge, huge Caleb Jackson guy. Now, my next question, who is the offensive line Mario Jerez would start versus Mississippi State? Uh, I'd definitely go with what you've what you've gone so far, but give give us a Lance Hurd to start. I think he's he's definitely going to play. Like Brian Kelly's been very candid about that, but you need to see a, a better running game. I think they were very predictable in just running to Campbell's side uh, the whole time, to the left side in that first game against Florida State. So okay. get some fresh blood in there and and try to dictate the game a little bit more with the offensive line. I'd like to see them impose their will a little bit. Uh, against a better opponent, especially after how much they were, you know, kind of talked up over the offseason. Not just the talent you have there, but how Brian Kelly wants to to build his program, uh, you know, through the offensive line and that being the identity of the team. So I, I'd expect, honestly, a lot of the rotation that we've seen so far, but a whole lot is a Lance hurt. I think hopefully this is kind of like a coming out party. A few more for Mario before you let him go. What time do you have to get up in the morning to, to... – I never thought about the commute. Oh, it's not that bad, man. I live off of Brightside, which is like very close to downtown. I just take River Road down there for a little bit. And I'm like 10 minutes away from work. I get in at six every day. So if I wake up, I'll take a shower, get to work. It's usually like 515 that the alarm's going off. Not that bad. Okay, so you don't have to make I, – I, I thought you made the commute from New Orleans to, to – No, to, well, on, on Monday mornings I do because uh, I usually stay in there on Sundays, especially if I'm yeah. playing Saints games. but. For the most part, I got my little apartment in uh, MBR here. I did say I lived in Kenner in the beginning, so I could see how you would get. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But but I am there a lot. However, I do reside in Baton Rouge. Here's one of your buddies. We're talking about him before the live stream. Good to see Cliff. Hey, what's up, man? Um, few more here. If JD is playing well, but I think the scheme of the FSU game didn't match his play style and his strengths. Can't be doing that. Yeah. Uh. Jared A with the super chat says, "Great guest, Mario is awesome." Like I said, I'm never gonna. I, I want to keep it perfect, man. I've, we've never had a bad guest. We haven't. I know it's a lot of pressure on you, Mario. Have you ever had a bad guest before? Um, man, I want to throw anybody under the bus. No, no, maybe you don't. Have to, you don't have to say. <laughs> uh, maybe like one or two interviews there, but I also didn't book yeah. them. So. No, no, nah, right. man. For the for the most part, no, I haven't had many guests, and I've had you, you know, on my shows, and when I've guest hosted and stuff a lot. So I try and keep the same principles as you, my friend. Now, now, if you were as hilarious as you normally are to me in person, you would have said, "Yeah, well, that Carter Bryant guy sucks. <laughs> he, he provides nothing. He gives you nothing." Uh, uh, on the real, you always bring the energy, man. Like some people are very knowledgeable, but they're very sleepy. You know, the audience is never gonna is never gonna go for that. You need somebody with the passion and intensity of a Carter Bryant. <laughs> Got to bring it, man. What is the um? Before we get a few LSU questions here, what is he? What is the Spanish speaking population in South Louisiana like? 
overall? Do you think do you think it's relatively big? Like I'm I'm sure it's not as big as probably like what we were talking about earlier, like Vegas, Oakland, like Dallas area or anything like that. But did, it, has it gotten bigger in South Louisiana? Yeah, per capita, it's actually kind of on par with those places. Like those oh, places, really? you know, are much more densely populated. But the growth in the Latin, in New Orleans, especially after Katrina, but it's 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 really grown a ton. And you see that in the media a little bit. You know, to have an LSU football broadcast, it it happened about ten years ago. But that wasn't something that people thought would be possible in the '90s. Like when they started the same Spanish broadcast, it was looked at as somewhat of a risk, but the community has just gotten a lot bigger. Like there's a lot more people. So that's how you're able to grow things like that. And it's not the same size as a city like Dallas and, and Las Vegas, but in terms of per capita and how much the population is growing in the Latin American community, it is kind of on par with those places. Uh, my, so I, I dated a, uh, I had a Mexican girlfriend when I was at LSU nice. and that was like, my introduction to how big it was and the fact that it's bigger now. My life did change when I went to Quinceanera. Uh, I was telling my wife about that uh, not too long ago. Not the same person. Uh, but uh, but I was like, dude, Quinceaneras, that is just – it's it's next level. Like I know for sure the Quinceanera that I went to cost double what my wedding was earlier this year, I, at least. It, it's crazy. Well, that's that's the cool thing about kind of being multicultural and being, you know, born and bred in Louisiana, but having the Guatemalan Latin American blood like the cultures are the cultures are very similar, man. They both love the party. They're both big on kind of like family values. Uh, It's really a lot more similar than you would think, which is kind of how my parents, you know, became such big LSU football fans when they emigrated to here from from Guatemala, like. It's a lot of overlap in the two yeah. countries. And to be real with you, alcohol consumption is one of those. Like people, <laughs> people party all day for LSU, but I think LSU fans kind of have pride in being able to hold their stuff and enjoy the festivities and enjoy the game. And it's kind of the same thing with Latin Americans. And, and Catholicism. I, 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 yes. that's, that, dude, it is so like, uh, like it's, it's crazy, absolutely crazy, like how much crossover uh, there is. We'll take a few more. All right, Cliff, I am not going to do this because that always tanks my stream. But here's what we'll do. If you do Super Chat, I'll go to it. It'll make it worth it. But any time I go on a Liverpool rant, I, I love going back and looking at the analytics and just seeing the dip in, in, in the chat. Like, oh, God, it's talking about Steven Gerrard again in the glory days. Uh, but if we, if, we, if we get a Super Chat, we'll, we'll get into, let's be honest, the original football. Uh, but um, but yeah, you know, for me, Mario, as far as doing radio in uh, South Louisiana every day, I think a question a lot of people would want to know is what is it like working with T-Bob? What is it like working uh, with Jacob Hester? Obviously, when we give a Hester card out on here, it's crazy. People freaking love him on this channel. Um, what's it like working with those guys every day? It's it's really cool. You know, I've been I've been on the show for like two years now. Uh, working with T-Bob every day is, is, is something, you know, he's, he's somebody who speaks what's on his mind at all times during breaks, during the show. And he's he's just a character, man. I really kind of admire his uh, his openness and how transparent he is all the time. And then Hester. Hester's a legend, man. Like we, we definitely butt heads on the show sometimes. 
but but he's he's a legend. It's it's he's somebody who you know I was a little kid in the stands watching. So now being an adult and getting to work with him is it has been a really cool experience. That being said, at this point he's he's kind of just become my friend. So it, it's really fun working with those guys every day. But I'm also really looking forward to kind of keeping the relationship as I go. That's something that young Mario would have taken a whole lot of pride in. And yeah. also shout out to uh, shout out to Taylor Sharp, my guy who's a video producer. Uh, he stepped in for Danny Cardenas, who was in that role Dang. for a long time, multiple years, and he's absolutely killed it. So I think the four of us, we we have a lot of fun every day. We definitely argue like family members do, you know, both in terms of dialogue and kind of just work stuff. But the, those guys are my family, man. I really enjoy working with them. Jacob is also an Everton fan, so – I know uh, if, if I was ever on there with them, you, me and him would butt heads about that. I will say this. Uh, for those that don't know, that would be like an LSU and Alabama fan getting along. I'm a, I'm a Liverpool guy. It's an arch rival. Um, Everton fans bought me so many drinks at the, at the bar I was at. It was crazy. I was like, aren't you guys supposed to be mean? They're nice. <laughs> now, if we were playing them that day, it would be a little bit different. But still, shout out to Hester. And uh, shout out to – now go ahead. Oh, one of my favorite OTB tropes is every time Robbie Ashford comes up, we always hit the Robbie Ashford because he sounds like he would be a Premier League player. <laughs> uh, here's Ed coming in. The Red Devils will rise again. Man United? Oh, I thought Manu Ginobili when I saw that. I was, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Manu, man, you. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 could, I, could, I could get that. Um, now that Ed brought it up, I won't talk too much Red Devil. We'll get back into LSU football. But coolest sports star I've ever met is Sir Alex Ferguson. By far, number one. Uh, because that is such a unique like guy who probably won't ever go out in the public again. And he was uh, – that was a cool I, – I was shaken when I freaking met him. Yeah, that's an uh, honor, man. That's, that's they, like soccer royalty right there. And, and and they asked, hey, do you want to take a photo with them? And this pissed me off. All right. This pissed me off. I said no because I want it to be professional because I was there because uh, of, of a repressive. And, and, dude, I freaking kill myself, like, to in my soul when I think about it. I'm the, the, and, and it's like, dude, how many people could say that they had ever met this guy? A freaking legend. Yeah, that's that's rough, man. Sometimes stuff just happens and opportunities pass you by, like the Marvin Jones thing we were talking about a little bit. Yeah, ago. So you got to seize him and carpe diem whenever you can. <laughs> uh, Jordan with the super chat a minute ago. I really appreciate you, Jordan. Uh, he Jordan's actually one of your biggest fans. You probably, uh, you probably didn't know it. Uh, next time Jordan's in Baton Rouge, I'll link you two up. He does really like your broadcasting, uh, and I'm not just BSing you. So. There you go. Please. Yeah, uh, I love Jordan. I see him showing love all the time. I'd love to. Oh, okay. Good. Yeah. I, I'll introduce you to you next time he's in town. He's all the way. Oh, he's also in Mexico. Oh, okay. In New Mexico. He is in Albuquerque. <laughs> uh, so, so, uh, so, yeah, you, you say you're from Guatemala. Uh, I never asked you this. So, Guatemalan. There you go. That's yeah. awesome. My, my people are from there. My dad's from the capital. My mom's from a small village called Solola. Um, I used to go there a lot more. I used to go every summer. I haven't been since 2011. And honestly, it's not even really a particular reason. It's expensive to go there. Uh, yeah. I just I just haven't been in a long time. But I'm going to make an effort and I'm going to go visit soon. A few more for you. Um, I appreciate you, uh, Billy. 
Billy won a Jamar Chase card on here not too long ago. That guy was kind of good at football. Uh, still is good at football. Uh, Even though he lost some elves. Yes, still very good. <laughs> that was so good. <laughs> I love him so freaking much. So uh, Sibley says he thinks the Tigers will win, but it'll be tough. Uh, let's see. I get a few more in here for Mario. Are you worried about the morning kickoff? Um, yes, because it's on the road. And like I said, in my head, Starkville, daytime, it's going to be rough. I feel like in the nighttime, it's it's gone a little bit better, even though that 2017 game happened. But in my head, the 2007 game when Craig Stelts was, you know, uh, destroying worlds and just hitting the crap out of people. I feel like nighttime in Starkville is a little bit more conducive to the daytime. That's just in my head. So we'll see. <laughs> uh, let me pull this up. Your biggest storyline for Saturday is what? My biggest storyline for Saturday is, hmm, man, there's a lot of them. Uh, I guess can the secondary hold serve? Uh, like if Mississippi State is able to go out there and, you know, slice and dice LSU with Will Rogers based on what they've done so far, then that is a little bit concerning. I see a lot of people, I see former players talking about they're worried that LSU's best defensive back is a Syracuse transfer. And some people may right. think that sounds ignorant, but, you know, those guys got to go out there and prove it. Florida State was a really good group. Those guys are elite wide receivers. If they can't come out and at least play decent against this Mississippi State team, then those concerns about the secondary are just going to amplify. So that's got to be my biggest storyline. Let's go. Uh, let's go to Adam first because it is an LSU-related question. If the offense can't get rolling on Saturday, how long do we ride it out before we create a spark in the offense by moving different players in? And I think by that he means Garrett Nussmeyer. Huh. Yeah, it, things would have to go really poorly for that to happen. I mean, you were just talking about some of the games last year when the first half didn't go good. Because a lot of the times when LSU's offense has had its struggles, it hasn't really been specific to Jay. So right. I really don't think you're going to see that. Maybe you see some new guys in there. Maybe you see some of the crop of the younger wide receivers play. Maybe you see more slants hurt, like we talked about a little bit. But I don't think there will be any major shakeups like that. Billy wants to know, when you were growing up, what was your favorite food or foods that you like? Um, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty basic. I do like the, you know, cultural foods, Latin American foods, your tacos and your burritos and all that stuff. But I'm a big cheeseburger guy. And anybody who listens to all the bench <laughs> knows that. Like, that is that is my favorite food, always has been. When my mom was pregnant with me, she used to get cravings for Whoppers. And she used to eat a ton of <laughs> So I think kind of genetically that was passed down to me. So I'm a big cheeseburger guy, man. That's always been that's always been my food. <laughs> I thought, I thought, yeah, I, Billy, Billy was sitting where he was thinking. He, he thought that you were gonna say. Something. <laughs> he thought. <laughs> oh man. He, he was probably he was probably getting ready to. Write down like an authentic, uh, like real recipe, nope. uh, from from <laughs> nope, number one with cheese, no pickles, no tomatoes, baby. <laughs> because the funny thing is, I noticed before the show that you had a cheeseburger before the show, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Let's go get my water. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! Uh, yeah, I I thought I he was, he was getting ready to learn about a new form of elotes or something like that, but no, no, he he grew up. He grew up on Big Macs and and Whoppers, like, <laughs> like a true American. Oh my God, that is so funny. I will I will say I remember uh, going somewhere with uh, my Hispanic's girlfriend's parents, and we were uh, she went on trip. We we're going to pick her up at the airport, and I remember her dad, who didn't speak good English, he was he was like, "Hey, don't worry, I'll pay for your meals." Uh, and, and he said, I'm gonna take you to a place that, that I love. And I was like, oh, hell yeah. I'm, I'm going to walk into an authentic Mexican restaurant where there's not going to be an HD TV. It is just gonna be in the corner. It's going to have freaking, you know, Mexico highlights on there. And I'm going to get some authentic, like Mexican food. Right. I, my favorite thing. And we drive up and he takes me to McDonald's. And I, I was, I, and, and I talked to him. He was like, "Oh, no, me and all." He said, "Me and all my friends, it's it's that's what we eat," and it's true. Like, like Hispanics love McDonald's. Like, I, I, he, he kept telling that to me over and over again. So, am I right or am I am I wrong about that? No, you're you're right. We 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 love us some fast food. Even even the small village that I told you about that my mom uh, is from. Last time I went, they got a McDonald's in the village, and it was like a huge deal. So yes, <laughs> love us some fast food. <laughs> oh, that was so freaking good. Oh man, yeah. So Jared says, Mario, I didn't know the cheeseburger thing was real. They thought they were just busting on you. Cheeseburgers, pizzas, chicken tenders, like, like I said, man, I'm I'm pretty basic. I'm not really a picky like eater. I'm not really a connoisseur when it comes to like the quality of food. Like I I just love me some burgers. Uh, let's see. If you would tell this LSU team anything, what would you tell them? Oh, come out with some pride. You know, like things really unraveled in that last uh, in the second half of Florida State. Like take it personal. You know, come out and pose your will against somebody who's supposed to be uh, inferior feels a little disrespectful. It's still a divisional opponent. You're on the road, but you know, come out and, and play with a little bit more swagger than you did uh, in, in that first game against Florida state. I mean, it, I don't think it's as cut and dry as just play harder, but I'd like to see them play a little bit harder, get a little bit better result. Mm. All right, big dog. Uh, let me put this back up on the screen. Uh, the one way you can support and us continue to get really fun guests is you following them on social media. And there you go. Mario underscore E underscore Jerez on Twitter. That's a good way to follow him and support his journey. And also if you follow him there, that's where you'll get links to the Spanish broadcast of saints games. Played a little bit of a Spanish broadcast a little bit earlier from Mario. He's so freaking good at it. And if you want to leave my live stream to go check this out, this is his full highlight call versus Trevor Lawrence in the national championship game. 
Um, it's epic. I'll probably watch it five times over. So make sure you check it out and you can see all the things that he covers. Now, Mario's like me. He loves all sports. So you're going to get a little bit of everything there. And uh, thank you so much, uh, Mario. Kalish, you. I, I should have worn my KLSU shirt here. But uh, KLSU all the way, man. I appreciate you, big dog. Yes, sir. Hey, KLSU for life. Happy to come on anytime, man. Uh, have always valued your friendship. Keep keep doing yeah. your thing, bro. Talk to you soon. I will right, we'll talk soon, man. I'll text you a little bit later, buddy. Sounds good. Later, Cardi. Hey, I'm Mario. He's got to get up really early in the morning, so I really appreciate him hanging out with us on a glorious evening. Uh, did actually um, get a a nice guest coming up here on two weeks and uh and i we're gonna try and get her on this week because she's really familiar with mississippi state didn't work out and uh, she'll be coming on in two weeks and she is a quarterback expert and she worked really closely with uh, mike leach so you're gonna love it that's coming up in two weeks and next week we'll probably have some form of an arkansas guest to preview the game and yeah the only way we can keep getting guests on here is if you go follow them on social media. That's all I ask. So if you're on Twitter, go give them a follow. And uh, there you go. Now, I am here. I'm going to take as many questions as we possibly can. Thursday's always uh, going to be semi-laid back, if you will. And that's why I'm here, to answer your questions. Okay? Good to see you, Jay. Uh, Samuel, what's up, man? 80% FSU fans when you were there. Samuel, we'll keep it going, man. Uh, I know um, a lot of you might not like guests because you normally listen to the live stream just for it to be the live stream where it's just us talking amongst ourselves. So, yeah, that's why like, I'm very particular who jumps on here. I want our guest record to be absolutely perfect. Uh, <laughs> John Silly says, I think I'm Blexican food-wise. Yeah, I'm a huge Mexican food guy. Definitely in my top three. Definitely in my top three favorite foods. Uh, Sammy wants to talk to Oviano. I'm down. I'm really, really, really down. And it's just honestly, Samuel, going to come down to what LSU wants to do and what Toviana wants to do. I would like one thing, and this would be a very good question. Obviously, I don't have a press badge or whatever. But I do think this would be a, a, a good question for Brian Kelly because Ed Orgeron did not handle this aspect of the program well. How do you go about redshirting players? And I think this is one of those things that requires a follow-up question. Ask him that, and then a follow-up would be – do they have input in their own redshirt decisions? Because I would like to think that they do. Uh, I think it would be smart for a coach to do that because the one thing you don't want to do, um, and you can speak to former players about this, they'll tell you the same thing. You can't have football players that are disgruntled, right? You can't have it. If you come into uh, any football situation 
and your head isn't straight and you don't a thousand percent want to be there, I want no part of you. That's just, that's just me, right? And I understand there's nuance that comes along with that. But so if you're a player out there and you have the mindset of, well, if I wasn't playing, I could preserve this extra year. Don't want you out there. Don't want you out there. So, and, and that's not a comment towards Troviano. It's just a, co- a comment in general. How do you go about redshirting players? Now, if it is to the point where in practice, Toviano can't cover anybody, then yeah, you should redshirt him. He's not ready to play. But at this point, if you're a defensive back at LSU, unless you're hurt, we have not seen really Colin Jackson. He wasn't dressed out in this last game. Be ready to go. Be ready to go. The weird thing about college football is you are never, no matter where you go, you are never guaranteed a chance to play. Okay? You're never guaranteed a chance to play. Play. Let's go to Adam. Through my question and us talk, I was legit talking. Oh, okay. So that's my that's my fault, Adam. As far as you know, talking about us, that is the guy that most people talk about when it comes to making an offensive change. So I don't mean to just put you in. I was just trying to narrow down the question for our guest. So that's on me. So you are right, though. It is more than just that. Okay. Um, you know, th- this is also something true, Adam that I think would help a lot of LSU fans out. What you need to do to make your life easier as an LSU fan, when it comes to the decision of whether or not you should play this person or that person, ask yourself the following question. How replaceable is that player to the entire operation? Ask yourself, do you see a high volume of exceptional play from a player? Okay. So, for instance, you know, just to just to bring up a very broad thing that we can all be on the same page here. 2019 LSU, they had a really tight wide receiver rotation. Now, it wasn't because Derek Dillon wasn't great. Derek Dillon is the only 2019 LSU player that has been mentioned in any film study I've done for this season. And you guys know what I'm talking about, right? I love Derek Dillon. It's not that he couldn't play. It's just the three guys ahead of them were all exceptional football players. Exceptional. Terrace Marshall, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson. So ask yourself this question. Who are the exceptional players on LSU's offense at this point? Guys that are undoubtedly put together consistent, elite level of play. And to me, that's two players. That is Malik Neighbors, and that is Will Campbell. That's it. Now, there's plenty of players who have been very good. I would throw Emory Jones in there, especially because of the lack of depth behind him. So I would probably say those three. 
Now, there are other players on the offense that do big things, okay? Obviously, Charles Turner does one of the most important things, get a clean snap back to Jane Daniels, and that had been an adventure prior to Charles Turner taking over the job with Garrett Dellinger. So, Adam, this is a really good point. Brian Thomas Jr. has shown elite games. I think he's put together two games of, of really good playing. But outside of Will and 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 Malik, for me, everybody should should be questioned. And even those two, if they were to sag down uh, just a little bit, which they're not, they're they're bona fide stars. It, it's going to take a lot. It'll take an injury or knock on wood something, you know, that drastic to happen. And I think LSU is asking that question right now. Who in this offense can give us a ceiling, a higher ceiling than what we already have? LSU's offense has been really good. Of course, level of competition versus Grambling. They have one elite half versus Florida State outside of the red zone. And they had a bad half versus Florida State in the second half because of Kyron Lacey and the drops. Okay. But yeah, you know, for me, one guy that we haven't talked a whole lot about is Mason Taylor because Mason Taylor has been so good for LSU. He's been such a good player, especially when you consider he's a three-star freshman tight end from last year. But part of what helped Mason Taylor was the lack of other options that we didn't have. So for me, this could be a good opportunity to see if there is someone else at tight end. If Mason's not able to go, I would prefer him to go because I'm not sure if there is a tight end who is as versatile as him and do all the things as well as him. But maybe this does give Kamarion Pimpton an opportunity to go out there. I don't think he's ready to block at a Division One Power 5 level. But I do think a guy like Kamarion Pimpton could go out there and, and, and give us some snaps. I think Mac Barkway could be a good blocker. Um, I, 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 I think I, 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 I really like this question though, Adam. And that, and that's also kind of tough for me because I want to think that every player on LSU's team is exceptional. I want every player on LSU's team to be exceptional, but you have what 80 plus players on a roster, 70 plus that you would consider healthy and playable, use them. See if see if they're your 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 best guys. Um, and I think uh, to that, hopefully that answered your question good enough, Adam. I didn't mean to just put you in the nest category. Um, so yeah, Jared says we don't need blockers; we need pass catchers. True, we need both though. Mississippi dog. Let me ask you this, Mississippi dog. I did a film study earlier this week. So when I get off here, I can link it to you. I can uh, put it in here and you can watch. Give me your honest opinion. Not of LSU. Because there's plenty of people in here that have seen every snap of LSU. Tell me what was going through your mind during the Arizona game. Remember this, Mississippi dog. Our game was going on at the same exact time. So while you're watching every snap of the Arizona game, we're watching every snap of the Grambling game. 
And if we weren't watching the Grambling game, everybody else was watching the Alabama-Texas game. So you are you you weren't of the utmost importance to LSU fans. I went back and watched a good bit of the Arizona game, didn't watch every snap. But wouldn't you feel a little uncomfortable with how the team played? You had five turnovers given to you, some forced, some unforced, if you ask me. Do you feel, and I, I'm not, I don't mean this in a derogatory way at all, were you disappointed in the team's performance? Because if the wide receiver didn't run out of bounds for Arizona, he's probably scoring and, and winning the game. All right, here goes Adam. I do want to see Chris Hilton in that rotation more, maybe in for Lacey. All right. Where I think that becomes a little bit of an issue is they don't necessarily play the same position. LSU likes Malik as an outside receiver. They do. And I don't think Chris Hilton is a slot guy. That's not really his game. He is a true outside receiver. But there is a benefit to having Chris Hilton on the field. It kind of forces Malik to play the slot, which is where I want. And I think I think Malik's the best every receiver on this team. Um, outside of BTJ, when it comes to blocking, I think Malik is the best everything on, on this team. Um. I will say this, BTJ is a better receiver in the back of the end zone. Hey, Bubs. Hey. Don't, don't let the baby in here. Come here. Come hey, sis. I think um, I, I think Malik in the slot could do some good things for us. I really do. But I think Chris Hilton could come back and yeah. – and grow off that performance. Yep. She wants to. She wants to be on the whole show. Huh? 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 But I think for me, <laughs> Michael B knows all about that sugar baby. Uh, God, we, so we play a game every night called toss ball. And it's basically me just throwing down the hallway and Z just sprints back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Okay. Now, before I get this Chris Hilton point, I do have the most hilarious sports dream that I have ever had. I've had crazy sports dreams before. Okay. But I've got to tell you about our friends at Louisiana Controls. Let's go! PHL Nation. Oh, yeah, baby. You know about Louisiana Controls. They've been showing us love throughout this college football season. And I'm looking for you to do the same when it comes to your energy management commercial HVAC needs. It is all with our buddies who have been doing this for over 40 years. Yes, that is four decades. You know this Louisiana weather gets crazy. Go to LouisianaControls.com or call 225-924-4990, baby. Let's go. All right. 
So last night, go to sleep. Normal night. I went to bed a little bit earlier than normal. I wake up at, I think, 4 or 5 in the morning. And I just had the craziest dream. So as many of you don't want to be a national sports commentator, it's my goal. Hopefully uh, one day doing Thursday night football. Hit me up, Jeff Bezos. I'm a little more affordable. Um, but anyway, I, um, I, I'm in the middle of my dream, and one of my favorite broadcasting heroes wakes me up. So I was asleep in the dream, and John Madden wakes me up. The freaking football goat. When you think football broadcasting, you think of two of the biggest personalities. Then Chris Berman, John Madden. Okay? John Madden wakes me up. And he's in his John Madden voice. I'm not Frank Caliendo. I can't do it. I get scolded by John Madden. Because he is wanting me to start a college football podcast with him. And I am losing my freaking mind. Uh, and... Uh, I think T Pain was was a part of the dream. He's one of my favorite people on the planet, and uh, and then John Madden just says something completely, completely out of nowhere. He says, once again, think John Madden voice. So he might already be laughing right now. He says, "Yo, we we we've got to review Shrimp Po Boys on this thing." And I was like, what is happening? And I think I said, I thought you liked Bloomin' Onions. I thought you liked Tough Actin' to Nactin'. I thought you only talked to Pat Summerall. But no. He, 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 he wanted me to go get Shrimp Po' Boys with them. And I, I just woke up at 5 in the morning, and I was so freaking hungry. I had to have a shrimp po' boy. So I woke up at five. Dude, I was so hungry. So I ate like like a little lunchable out of the out of the fridge. And I went at lunch to go get a shrimp po' boy. And it was pretty good. It was pretty good. So yeah, comment down below if you've ever had a sports dream like that. When I was I was like, damn, I woke up. I was like, obviously I'll, I'll never get a chance to meet John. But yeah, made a football, football go. Thank you, Roderick. Oh, y'all know what time it is. Rod, look at you. Huh? 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 Billy said, nice haircut to, to Z. What was that, Ray? You're holding up? Oh, man, that's my Z baby. 4900. Huh? 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 Let's go to Mississippi Dog here. Get back into the game here. Had to share that. And we'll talk some Chris Hilton here as well. I think Mississippi State is okay. Barbe, for those that don't know, is a new offense coordinator. Um, Arnett wants Barbe to speed things up and keep the defense off the field as much as possible. But it makes no sense to run the ball when you have Will Rogers. I don't know how good the team is after hearing what the coach said. The past schemes have been terrible. All right, this is where I'll defend Mississippi State a little bit, okay? Um, it's so hard to go from an air raid to now a run-based attack. It's hard. Your offensive line stances and mentality have to completely change. 
you also ran so much 10 personnel these past couple seasons. Your personnel groupings, all of it. Your diet has to change. And there's really no way you can practice it until you actually play games. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's fortunate to get a team like Mississippi State early in the season, right? Um, you know, early in the season, you want to play teams that are new. You want to play Auburn now, right? California should not have lost to Auburn. Auburn played terrible. Uh, but they found a way to win because going from what Auburn had last year to what Hugh Freeze has now, when Hugh Freeze gets the scheme going, you know they're going to be cooking because he always gets it cooking, right? You want to get newer teams early. And while LSU got a very experienced team in week one, they're getting a experienced team, but not a team that is really gelled yet in Mississippi State. But this where this where it was crazy. If you get five turnovers in a game and you only commit one, it shouldn't be an overtime game. It just shouldn't. Go to Blanche's super chat. Thank you so much, Blanche. I know it's late for you. Really appreciate it. And Blanche is one of the many that have enjoyed the Wednesday night, 6 p.m. live streams. So we do that uh, for the earlier audience, okay? Does Delhi go pro this year? And who takes over the center position next year? And should they be getting snaps? Okay. So Charles Sterner could come back next year. He could. Let me pull up his LSU profile just to make. I would like to think that he could come back. Now, Charles Turner is getting some senior bowl love. Okay. So redshirted as a true freshman. Redshirt freshman season was 2020. 2021, 2022, 2023. So he could come back for a year six. Turner could come back, and I would certainly be open to that. Okay. But then again, he's also getting senior bowl love. And I think if you do get a senior bowl, if you're getting senior bowl love, you kind of just have to go pro. You just do. Unless you get a bag. And I still think you should go pro if you start getting senior bowl love. Um, now making it, it's a different thing. Um, so Delhi, so could Delhi go pro next year? He could. Okay. So 2021, he started as a true freshman at the end of the season at tackle. And that experiment was, was tough. 2022, obviously played sparingly. And then 2023, if Delhi gets hot, he could go pro. Okay. I'm also going to say something, and Samuel just had a very nice super chat. So, Samuel, any topic you want to get to, we'll go to it. Um, I'm going to share a little story here about Chris Hilton. All right. And it's going to go along with what you have to hear, saying here about Delhi. So, Max says Delhi isn't going pro. Let me, let me share something with you. Okay. So when we think of the NFL, 
right? We think of the NFL as a like all these small small school guys. And honestly, in the NFL, it is a ton of small school guys, right? Uh, Joe Flacco went to Delaware. Shaquille Leonard is one of the best linebackers in the NFL. He went to, I think, South Carolina State. Jerry Rice is the best football player of all time, if you ask me. Yeah, he's obviously a small school guy. A lot of wide receivers, all-time great wide receivers. Randy Moss, Marshall, Terrell Owens, Middle Tennessee State. So there's a lot of small school guys. And E.S. Williams, for our Southern fans that watch this channel. But there's so many guys that get drafted from the big schools. Okay. I cannot state how much the LSU brand matters to scouts. It may not seem like it, but it's true. Now, the really good scouts are really good at separating where you go to school. But I cannot tell you how many fifth, sixth, seventh round picks have been picked. Not necessarily because they were good, but because they played at LSU. So many. LSU backups have been drafted before. So if you're trying to get to the league and you have good athleticism marks, which matters, and you interview well, which matters, and you're healthy, which matters, and you have some good film, go. Go. Now, what does this have to do with Chris Hilton? Okay. So a lot of you know I'm a big football card guy. Big football card guy. I do a football card show every day. And I did a video on this today, not on Chris Hilton, but there is a new product called Bowman U. I collect Mason Smith's Bowman U cards. Okay. Here's one of his more rare ones. All right. It's a gold refractor autograph card. Okay. So Bowman U makes a product every year and they printed 200 cards, 200 cards. Now, of course, a player has to opt in and if they opt in, they get paid, you know, to be in the set. Okay, so think of college football, which has 40,000 gajillion players, all right? And only 200 of them got selected to be in the Bowman U product. 200 of them. Chris Hilton was one of those guys. Now, let me ask you a question. As great as Chris Hilton was versus Grambling... They made this decision during the summer. That's when they decide who they want in the product. That's when they print the product. All right. Would Chris Hilton have been in this product if he wasn't an LSU Tiger? Probably not. Probably not. It also helps he was a top 100 recruit. It also helps he runs really, really, really fast. But just by being a good person, doing the right things, being in front of the media some, and being an LSU wide receiver, guess what? These bajillionaire card companies, fanatics, who runs everything in sports merchandise, they decided we want Chris Hilton to be in this set. So he got he, he got obviously paid for his name, image, and likeness, and he is like the, the sixth LSU player that's in the set, okay? Tyler Buckner is in the set. Tyler Buckner. Now, why is Tyler Buckner in the set? He wasn't even good at Notre Dame. He is a backup quarterback at Alabama. So, why does that matter? 
You better believe I'm going to collect Chris Hilton cards because I love him. I do. I, I, he does all the right things, says all the right things. And it looks like he's about to break out. But that brand, I'm telling you, that LSU brand freaking matters so much. It'll take you to the next level. And I know it sounds like I'm just shilling for the school that I love. But make that make sense. Make it make sense. It is crazy. On the cover of Sports Illustrated. And it's not a... It's it's not male athletes getting on the cover of Sports Illustrated. It used to just be Pete Maravich, Joe Burrow, Tyron Matthews, Shaquille O'Neal. No. Female athletes. And they're really good. They're superstars. Millions of followers. Millions of dollars. Those three letters, baby, goes a long freaking way. So, if I'm an NFL scout, and I'm choosing between somebody who competed... At an Ivy League level versus a guy who was a part of a winning culture coached by Brian Kelly at LSU, who also plays the premier wide receiver, player the premier position at LSU right now, which has been wide receiver. It goes along. I did it is crazy. It is absolutely crazy. So, you know, Garrett Dellinger, who's to say a group of NFL scouts say, well, you know what, he was a top one to recruit. He is from Michigan. Michigan's produced good offensive linemen. He is strong. He's obviously very strong. I don't think he's NFL ready after this year, but if if he gets hot, watch out. People said the same thing about Trey Turner. Trey Turner's not ready. Why is Trey Turner leaving? Pro Bowler. Steven Ridley's not ready. Steven Ridley's not leaving. Steven Ridley was Brady's boy. That brand, man. That freaking brand. I'm not ashamed. It's Tuesdays every day at 1.30 on the Hard Quest. But really, really think about it. It's crazy. Absolutely crazy. You think so, Epic Shorty? Real Ed O says, Carter, let's call a spade a spade. This is his words, not mine. He says, our wide receivers suck. They aren't great. They have no separation. They don't jam at the line. Well, truth be told, DBs jam at the line. So let's get that straight. Okay, so maybe you're trying to type that in for the DBs. You say, our DBs suck. No fight at all slow and will not jump routes no d-line push okay don't think the wide receivers suck they have dropped and that is a big thing i will also say this as hard as this is to believe Jaden actually has the third worst drop percentage in the sec so the truth is everybody's dropping you know who has the highest drop percentage in the sec kentucky who has played absolutely nothing competition and they have a really good pocket quarterback in devin leary and they have really good receivers. Kentucky has really good receivers this year. Key and Brown, those kids are good. They're good. They can't catch either. So drops are kind of a thing. So I, don't, I think suck is a strong word. I wouldn't say they suck. Separation, we got separation uh, versus Grambling. Not so much versus Florida State. I think that was a little, um, that was a little disappointing, but still. Well, I also felt we got a little stale and predictable. 
our DBs don't jam at the line. We haven't played much press, so I'd like to see more press. No fight at all. Well, no fight. I think I think they're playing hard. I don't think they're necessarily just not getting after it, but they could play with more confidence and make more plays. I will tell you that. Um, and I do feel they're a little flat-footed. So I wouldn't call them slow per se, but this isn't the fleetest of foot secondary we've had. So I, I would agree with that. And no D-line push. Well, I'll tell you this as well, real Edo. This offensive line matchup should be pretty nice for us. It should. And we should we should do well. As true, Roger, Chris is is the feet. So Samuel, let's go to your topic. I'm with you, bro. Let's go here. If Omar Spates can't go or can't go, who steps up and what would they need to do to succeed? Okay. So Brian Kelly talked about this and he said um, Omar Spates is indeed going to make the trip, but the likelihood that he plays is very little. Now, what's weird is Omar Spates got hurt in the first half of the Grambling game. I'm not sure if I saw the play where he got hurt, um, but he was out of his pads by the second half. The next thing is um, it's I do find it very interesting that this could be a blessing in disguise. The linebacker play hasn't been great. And what we have seen over the past couple of seasons is our backup linebackers kind of sort of outperforming our starters. And I want to include Patrick Queen in this because in our interview, Patrick Queen brought up an interesting point that he was not a starter. In 2019, he wasn't uh, until after four games into the season. So I would like a deeper dive into that. What, what are we doing to not, you know, pick out our best linebackers to start the season? Um, and this kind of looks like we're, we're heading in the same direction this year. I guess it's become a more difficult position as the years have gone by. It's not as much thumping and getting downhill. Like, uh, you know, like a Kelvin Shepard kind of player. Um, he's got to do so many different things. You know, obviously in 2020, we really struggled there. And then in 2021, we had the the breakout of, of Damon Clark, who's been one of the great linebackers in the NFL. And then obviously last year, we – yeah, that was tough. We, we, we just – we're lucky to have Micah Basketball. So this gives an opportunity for us to potentially see the Weeks brothers play with each other. Maybe that's what we're missing, some chemistry there. We know they have it. But Greg Penn needs to be the guy. And Harold Perkins is not playing that position anymore. So who is going to play alongside Greg Penn? I don't know. Brian Kelly did mention Christian Brathwaite's name today. Very interesting, intriguing player out of Texas. Lots of athleticism, lots of juice. Okay. Um, you know, he played mostly behind, I think, a three man front. So he should be semi familiar with some of the stuff that we do. Uh, 
so yeah, he, he did mention their name. Uh, all of the true freshman's names. But yeah, we're very thin. We're, we're, we're very thin. I'm just trying to think if there's something else they, they could do there. But I really am running out of answers, y'all. I really am. LD88, if you've not seen the Patrick Queen interview, he broke down that play. What was going through his mind? I got chills listening to him break it down. If you want to talk about a player who played his absolute best in the biggest games, there will never be a guy like Patrick Queen when it comes to that. Never, never, ever, ever in LSU history. To have your two by far best games you played at LSU be against Alabama and Clemson, the years of the greatest team of all time. No, you can't beat it. That's why he's a first round pick. He's having a good year this year, too. He had his best camp. It's crazy. Everybody, welcome Jalen. Carvis, you missed a great guest earlier. I like the spelling right here. What's up, Jalen? Speaking of Jalen, who remembers Lynn Sanity? Only the real ones remember Lynn Sanity. Lynn Sanity was crazy. Oh, look at this. We got a great night skyline in the background. We're out. Oh, wait, Jalen, please don't tell me you're the one on the right. With the forces. Look at the forces. Clean as Hell, fresh out the box. Let's go, Jalen. Let's go. Oh, man. Look at that. Fresh out the box. All I need is a Nelly Band-Aid, baby. Give me two pair. Finish the lyric. Every single one of you, if you don't know this lyric. Give me two pair. Type it in the chat. I'm not going to continue until we actually get it. Give me two pair. I need to go get a Band-Aid put right here. Man, when Country Grammar came out, man. Oh, man. Tell him, Jalen. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. I need to pair. Huh? 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 Let's go. These youngins don't know. They don't know, Jalen. They don't know. Dude, I'm... If there was ever a time for Elon Musk to blow up Twitter, I'm going to bring it up again tonight. And Forbes and Jared were the only one to agree with me, and I saved it for the last time. Just let me rant. I will get back into LSU football. But there are some 30-year-old someone who said, you know what? Dude, I hear every – forgive my language. I promise to not curse. But this – I hear every effing bad take there is. This is the worst take I've ever heard in my life. 
when she said she claimed to be a DJ, she said, you know what I think was overrated in the club by 50 Cent? Her, her reasoning was, she said, thank you, Dr. Morgan. I know you're, I know me and you are on the same wavelength. I didn't need to worry about you. But she, her, her thing was, well, you know what? In the club by 50 Cent was a huge commercial success. But nobody, nobody actually wanted to hear it. And I was like, yes, you are right. Because everybody played that song every single second of every single day when 50 Cent was on top of the freaking world. That is one of the biggest songs ever, ever, ever. I was like, Elon, blow up Twitter. Not everybody deserves to have their opinion shared. I know that's anti-American. I know it is. But be honest. There are some dudes and gals on social media that say crap that they don't deserve to say. You deserve to have your account banned. You're, you're, that's like saying, well, you know what? LeBron's not really that good, if we're being honest. No, it's being ignorant. It's being ignorant. In the club at 50 Cent. It's one of those things. If you're, if you, if I feel like I was kind of the cutoff, like on the younger end of that. But she said she was 30. I was like, go, you were 10 when the song came out. You were 10. The song wasn't made for you. Now, I was lower into puberty when I heard that song coming out. That that song, are are you are you serious? That song, it was over. It was it, it probably was the most overplayed song, but you can't say that nobody thinks that that is a banger. That is the most ignorant take I have ever heard on Twitter, ever, ever. You can go on Twitter and say, you know what, Rudy Gay's not that good. That's fine. You can go on Twitter and say, you know what? Q-tip, not really for me. But you can't say 50 cent in the club. It's not. One of the best. Now I'm done. I'm done. I lost like 10 viewers there. I don't give a crap. Many men. Ah, tell him, Billy. Tell him. Oh, man. That was, that was cool when, when Brian Robinson, the running back from Washington, I won't say where he went to college, but he got shot in the leg and, and they were playing 50 when when he ran out. That was, that was cool. That was cool. But anyway, tell him, Don, Don, showing love from Florida. I guess if you do live in Florida, you would say Hot in Here was Nelly's best song. I'm not sure if that's top three for me, though. I will say, though, Nelly did a lot for racism in this country. All right. A lot. More than you think. Because, quick story. Uh, from someone who was an R&B DJ and a country DJ and a sports DJ, I did three shows every day. Grant knows this. Okay. So, I was doing country. Didn't know what I was doing. And I was around the Florida Georgia Line cruise era. Now, for folks that don't know, I feel like I could be the mediator here. 
Some of you might not know 50 Cent in the club. Some of you might not know Cruise by Florida Georgia Line. Cruise by Florida Georgia Line was the in the club of like this next era. It was it was the biggest song on the planet. It is the number one song in the history of the Billboard charts is Cruise by Florida Georgia Line. True story. And, um, you know, it was a country song. It was a country pop song. All right. But it was two white dudes, right? So no big deal. But then they put Nelly on the song. And I prefer the Nelly version. Okay. Just saying. So I started spinning the Nelly version. Nobody got mad. It used to just be Darius Rucker. That's it. But then Nelly, I was like, wait, Nelly's in my rotation. Nelly is in my rotation. And um, and yeah, I was like, there, there was no complaints. None. I was like, that is that is crazy. Nelly is is transcended uh the, the music genres. So I mean Nelly, country grammar, I mean all that stuff, man. All time. Now I didn't. Nelly did. Nelly's a goat. I can't do that. Shorty, it's your birthday. Tell him LD88. Oh, we got a Skechers chat in here. Oh man. I'm sorry. I I I I just completely tanked this chat. Y'all blame Jalen. We'll talk some Deshaun Womack in here. But let me go to Jalen's uh actually. Uh, I, I'm not sure if LSU fans want Arch. I wouldn't mind it. Jalen is a guy on the right. 100 on pin. Time for him to break out. Everyone was bummed about Walker Howard transferring, but I think losing Tolan. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, but to that point, Jalen, I will also put in here, and it does deserve mentioning, Tolan never saw the field for Auburn. I, he didn't even make camp. I think they kicked him off the team. I've not checked in on him in a while. I don't know if they're taking him back or not. But there you go. That is true, Grant. I forgot it over and over again. Was that before Cruz? I don't remember. Grant, look that up for me really quickly if you can. But y'all, dude, Cruz in the club, dude, they were, now I like one song more than the other. I think you guys could figure that out. But it was so freaking big. Um. Now we got an Oregon troll. Oh, oh so that was pre. So Nelly had already, you know, kind of, kind of got in there. But I don't know if it got actual spins. I don't. I don't know if it actually got spins though. I don't know. I wasn't doing country radio then. But Mandy Cruz. But yeah, I I I don't know anything about Demario Tolan. I don't. But he did go to Auburn. Deion Smith had grades and discipline issues at LSU. He definitely started while he, while he was here, and he was good. He was a good player. Now I do think he was playing too early because he did have some big drops when the competition got a little bit better. But he was good. I mean, he made some catches. And I know it was Central Michigan. But he made, like, some Justin Jefferson type of plays. I hate it that he couldn't live up to his potential because he would have been uh, a, a huge asset for us in this class. 
and he was a top 100 receiver. So, you know, like, I don't know. I don't want to get down this, this rabbit hole, but there are so many good receivers that we did miss out on and almost missed out on. And that's why, you know, you got to make sure you're getting good receivers because there's so many that want to come to LSU. Now, I won't get down this rabbit hole again either because we've got all offseason to talk recruiting. But the Corian Moore is on freaking fire. Now, he's only a high school junior, but he is going to be one of the best recruits we've ever had at LSU. He already is. He's the fifth highest rated wide receiver we've ever gotten at LSU. Ever. Any class. Oh, wow. So it was a sad story. Yeah, that's that really stinks. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you, you, he, he, he didn't make the roster. Uh, I, I think obviously he'll, he'll come back. If Auburn doesn't want him back, I'll take him back. <laughs> he was good. He was a really good player. Now, he didn't do anything like truly crazy, but I'll tell you this LSU was seriously considering. Um, starting him over Penn when Penn was struggling. Lil Nas X and Billy Ray Cyrus. But yeah, Nelly crawled, so Lil Nas X and Billy Ray Cyrus. Well, not Billy Ray, but Lil Nas X could, could get in there. Nelly needs to make a croc song. But I'll tell you this about Tolan. he would potentially be our best off-ball linebacker right now. And he would have been a good special teamer. Now, Rome, I think it'd be about the same. I think it would. Um, I think it would. I mean, I don't know. Now, here's a here's here's a good sign if you are an LSU fan listening to this. Um, I feel this game is supposed to be close. I I really do feel that way. I'm not just saying that just to say it. I feel this game should be close. Um, this kind of feels like a trap line. And if that's the case, that's a good thing for us. Because I do think the public would say this. I think the public would say, hey, um, LSU is not going to cover the spread. Because the public has seen LSU struggle. LSU fans have seen LSU struggle on the road. LSU is one and one. And this is their first true road game. Mississippi State is two and oh. Everything points to the public saying, hey, Mississippi State can't only cover, but they're going to win. So you know what that means? LSU is about to blow them out. 
That is true, Michael V. Yes, it has changed quite a bit. But honestly, all genres have just kind of become just pop. But yeah, Jalen, uh, welcome to the channel. Obviously, if you are new, support any and all LSU football players. And we also support Underdog Fantasy and Nelly and Tim McGraw. Underdog Fantasy, underdogfantasy.com. Sign up today. I'm going to code Carter right there. All I do is go over there, sign up. They have some pretty fun over-under games, higher-lower games, higher-lower props. Our new our live stream schedule is as follows. Tuesdays, Thursdays, Sundays at 8.15 Central. Wednesdays at 6 Central. Pre-game, halftime, and post-game shows. Our pre-game show on Sunday. I say Sunday. On Saturday. Game kicks off at 11. We'll start at around 10.30. Or we could start at 10. Just be on the lookout. It'll be going on. Yeah, that obviously is a, a thing. You know, as far as mental health, obviously, you know, I go back to it. I would really like DeMario Tolan back. I really would. Um. I've thought long and hard about the uh, the Tez Walker story, the the North Carolina player who got wronged by the NCAA, and and I feel like they should have just let him play. And Tez Walker was talking about mental health, and he had a family member sick or something like that. I don't know. It is a lot to go play college football. It's so much pressure. Like it, it's just. You know, it should, and I didn't play major college football, but the magnitude of going from where you were to playing high school football in front of, you know, so and so amount of people, it it just doesn't feel the same kind of pressure as it is when you go play college football. And it's a lot. It is a whole lot, especially how much you're praised, especially if you're a power five recruit that's going to Ole Miss or any big school. It's crazy. There are some players that were so unbelievably athletically gifted that went to LSU. That makes, it makes no sense that they couldn't figure it out and, and play. But so much of this is mental. So much of it is mental. A lot of it is just pure athleticism. And I would say it's a good portion of that. But the mental hurdle is tough. You are away from family. And it's not just on your end. It's on the other end as well. You could have family members pass. You're not around your support system. Maybe it's not as much as you missing them. Sometimes it's them missing you. Okay? It's tough. It's really, really, really tough. I feel like Don, and Don's a Florida State guy, 
Don's very bullish on LSU towards the future. He is. He's been pretty consistent. Blacko T, good to see you. Man, he was, man. Obviously, I've, I've talked about Perry at length, very close uh, with some of his family. Some of my closest, one of my closest friends is 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 very, is, is related to Brian. So uh, I've shared that story plenty of times before. And obviously, I'm, a, I'm an RP guy. Didn't work out. Obviously, it set us back. And it, I've always been completely honest about that. But we also don't win a national championship without him. So there you go. What's up, man? Wait, wait. What about what about De- what about Swift? Did DeAndre Swift go off tonight? Did Swift go off tonight? Let's go. I got him on my PHL fantasy league bench. DeCorian Moore is Odell 2.0. Yeah, so Jay, you want a true story? Um, so I had started, you know, getting wind that uh, Decorian Moore was was going to pick LSU. Okay, and what was weird around that time was, of course, Colin Simmons had just picked uh, Texas over LSU the same day we got Caden Durham. All right. And when you do this, you get a ton of messages about what about this guy? What about that guy? Why did he pick us over them? And the truth is, there's a lot of things that I don't know. To go along with, you know, the DeMario Tolan thing, always understand when it comes to college football in particular, you're not going to know everything. And there's always going to be more things that you don't know than you do know. Okay. That's why when I do the film studies, I always say, I don't know the play call. None of you do. You're not a player. You're not a coach. You don't have a headset. You don't know. And even if you did know, you don't know how it's coached in practice. So there's so many different factors you don't know. So when I got in word that DeCorian Moore and was starting to lean to LSU, I started looking at him. And I was like, God, this dude reminds you so much of Odell Beckham. So I cut the video, and I was like, okay, I feel pretty good he's going to pick LSU. And I was like, this guy's got to model his game after Odell Beckham. And sure enough, he mentioned Odell at his commitment uh, ceremony. And I was like, dude, they're they're so freaking similar. Now, they're not the exact same player. I think DeCorian's actually a little bit faster and just straight line speed. Nobody has Odell's talent when it comes to wiggle, when it comes to hands. Nobody. Nobody. And... um, and Odell's high school tape is just him juking everybody. He is so bouncy. It is crazy. And DeCorian Moore is a lot like him. He makes a lot of guys miss. He, he, he is so fast. So, I mean, he just burns people. But I was like, yeah, he's got a lot of Odell to his game. He really does. And it turns out he says in interviews, that's who he idolizes. He's who, you, who he looks up to. So, yeah, you're spot on, Jalen. 
you're spot on. Since 2021? Is this your first time commenting? There you go, man. Thank you so much. And you've been you've been through the dog days, and you're with me during the Max Johnson days. And Max Johnson was a good quarterback. But shout out to Danny Girl. You're with me during the Liam Shanahan days. Liam Shanahan was a, a solid LSU football player. But that just shows you how long you've been rocking with me. But how many of you have been with me since the Andrew Hatch days? Tell me that. Dang, Michael B's coming off the top rope. That is true. Nothing, nothing like being in the military. Grant. You know who else said this? Travis Kelsey. And Harry Styles and John Mayer at some point, but I digress. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm going to save some of the jokes, the, the actual funny ones I have going through my head. Mm. A lot of music in the chat tonight. Actually, not a lot of music. I blocked them. But, uh, and that's a deep inside joke for diehard PHLers. Uh, but yeah, I shout out to Trav, man. I will, I will say, actually, that that these these jokes aren't aren't for PHL. Old stand up me would have a thousand jokes about this. <laughs> so. There's so many jokes you can write about that relationship in particular. So many. Is BK living up to the hype? I would say yes. I would say yes. No in some ways, but yes. I don't think anybody would disagree with that. So, yeah, that's true. Some of you got, some of you got that. But how many been with you since you could hear the dryer in the laundry room behind the curtain? Yeah, those were tough days, Ann. I had to move the studio into the laundry room. And I was still working out a bunch, and I stink when I go run. So Haley would have to do laundry while I was doing these long shows. And you would hear that thing. Ah! Seth Dunlap, man. What a great dude. I haven't talked to Seth in, in a while. Uh, but yeah, uh, shout out to T-Bob. You got me connected with Seth. Uh, man. 
how many times have I gotten to meet Seth? We, I think we hung out twice. He went out with my wife and all my friends in, in New Orleans. And he is definitely top three most talented broadcasters I have ever been around. He was truly, truly gifted. And I tend to think of myself as being pretty good. He was great. He was really great. Mario, who we had on earlier today, is obviously a really freaking good talent. Really freaking good. Um, you know, I, I really respect people that have done everything. And Mario has done everything. And obviously being bilingual is huge uh, for, for his career. So Dr. Morgan agrees with uh, Michael B. Let's go here. You think we coddle youngins too much? I could see that. But yeah, man, the laundry shows. Dear Lord. It'd be wild. Dude, speaking of music, how awesome. I shared this in the Discord if you want to see it. Also shared it on my Twitter account, at PowerHourLSU. Thank you, TJ. I needed that. I hope this copes with the Swift performance tonight. Yeah, it does suck when, when that guy has that kind of opportunity and you don't put him out there because they scratch gain well. I do have Swift in quite a few leagues, actually. Um, he's just so talented. He just can't stay healthy and is in the doghouse for whatever reason in Detroit. Now he's with the best offensive line you could possibly have in the NFL. The other Kelsey brother. Um, crap, I totally forgot what I was going to say about the uh, – uh, uh, I lost my train of thought. Ooh, I thought BYU was favored by more than that. Or Arkansas was favored. I totally forgot what I was going to say. There's going to be something pretty cool. You forget these things though, as it gets later in the evening. I'll tell you this. One thing I thought was really cool. Tonight, obviously, I love sports. I love live sports. And uh, so we have like the, um, the, the, the neighborhood kids, right? And we made like a little team and they, they've, they've jumped on here before. And uh, so I went to go to one of the kids soccer matches. He's eight years old, sat with his parents and that was a lot of fun. Right. And, and I, you know, obviously I'm, I'm a soccer player. I love the sport, know the sport. And there is nothing like watching 
a little league soccer match and you having a kid invested in that thing. And he's not even my kid. I mean, we got a great friendship. He'll come by here, ring the doorbell uh, and come, you know, talk to Hey Hey and I, and he's just such a great personality. But parents, I don't know how you do it. I, I really don't watching your kid out there, especially soccer when it's just like, like it's just a blob and the ball is just getting ping ponged in there. It is wild. It is absolutely nuts. And I was like, I don't know if I could take being a dad. I don't know if I could take watching my dude. There's kids getting mowed down out there. I watch a kid Jerome Bettis and their kid. I was like, what in the hell is going on? <laughs> I was, or should I say, I watch a kid Jacob Hester, another kid. I was like, how do these kids not have bloody noses? And they just they some kids get knocked down, dude. They Chad Jones pop right back up. It is wild. You're a Norelco guy. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. So teasers, yeah, obviously changes it. Yeah, it must be a pretty heavy teaser, though. Dang. I wouldn't take it as a teaser. I would take BYU minus two and a half as an alternate line uh, if you want to get crazy, but. Other than AYS Sports, now who would ever watch that? Actually, who would ever want to be a guest on that channel? My goodness gracious. No, all right. I got I got lots of train of thought. And I remember this. I got chills earlier today. Yeah, there's some songs, and I, I, I totally forgot. I wanted to talk about this tonight. We're already talking about music. So Jalen. Congrats, you were the one that actually got this chat going. All right. I can't play it, obviously, for copyright reasons, but go to my Twitter account. And this clip just gave me chills. Listening to the LSU women's basketball team while they were working out, um, seeing Adele's Hello. That song is going to be so transcendent. That song will play until the end of time. It, it is one of those songs I think will get even bigger as we age, right? Like Princess Purple Rain. I mean, you know the songs, right? I truly do think that song has potential to like get like just reverberate through time. And of course, it's not saying in like Adele's key or whatever, but it is so good. <laughs> like watching them sing it, and I was like. I love seeing team building. I love seeing that behind the scenes stuff. And it makes me miss being in the locker room during a workout and just putting something on the Bluetooth speaker and just ripping it. Milkshake is transcendent too. Milkshake up there with the greatest songs of all time, man. It's Bohemian Rhapsody and Milkshake. Now is what we're going to do. In the next 10 minutes, I'm going to answer as many questions as we possibly can. But if you super chat, we'll keep going. 
Let me check in on Monday Night Football. I'll say Monday Night Football. Oh, it just ended. Dude, Kirk Cousins puts up crazy numbers. And of course, Justin Jefferson went off in the course of Vikings. Ha, 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 ha. Oh, man. Kirk Cousins, 364, four tutties, no picks, and a loss. Man, you got to be able to run the football, though, man. They had 28 rushing yards. I mean, you don't have to have to. You, I mean, and what, these are both one-score games. Okay, perfect. Vikings are perfect. Perfect. This is, it actually just clicks. Sometimes things just come to you, like, during the live stream. It's probably the most important thing I've said all night. LSU last season were in many ways the Minnesota Vikings, when you really think about it. We won a lot of close games that we probably shouldn't have won. Now, that close game luck is starting to go against the Vikings. They were 11-0 in one-score games last season. Now they're 0-2 in one-score games. So you wonder why. I want to see LSU... Go out there and and actually cover a 10-point spread versus Mississippi State. Well, that's why. Because you can't always rely on these close game lugs. Like, it'll always even itself out. But if you're a great team, it doesn't matter. What's up, CMK? No, it's it's Hello by Adele. And the LSU women's basketball team, they sang it. And it was chilling. Anytime you hear a group of people singing that song, it, it, it gets it gets those chill bumps going. And it is truly a great song. Oh, the Auburn Eagle did? Oh, that's cool. That's that was a cool that was a cool idea. I'm going down in fantasy this week in the PHL fantasy league. Cause I didn't start DeAndre Swift. Oh man. That's absolutely crazy. So I'll answer uh, any and all questions in the next 10 to 15 minutes. Oh, no, I did start DeAndre Swift. What are you talking about, Tyler? 
He's not on my bench. He actually played. Huh? 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 I was like, wait, what are you talking about? Oh, no, 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 no. I'm not talking about, I'm not on the right team. I started him in one league and I didn't start him in the, the one I actually care about. Oh, yeah, I'm going up against Jared, too. Oh, man. That's tough. Dude, Jared, I hate you, man. God. Thank you, TJ, for that super chat, especially now I know that it's Jared. If it was you, I wouldn't care. But now it's Jared? And in the league I did start him in, the other guy had TJ Hawkinson and Devonta Smith. Who both scored the same amount of points essentially as DeAndre Swift. Oh, Samuel, you can't. Don't say that, dude. Don't say that. Don't say that you were at both those games. That is nothing to be proud about. God, I can't wait to watch the Justin Jefferson highlights. Gets the people going. Branson, why didn't you tell me you are going? I would have put you on here. I might put you on the postgame show or the halftime show. But if you want to come on post game, let me know, man. Adam wants to keep the stream going. Let's go keeping me awake on this shift. Been up way too long. If we start fast to keep the energy going in the second half, we win big and cover the spread. There you go, Adam. I'm going to take all 20 of these dollars. Well, what would that be? I'm going to take 1350 of these dollars and put it on LSU to cover the spread. How about that? Because Adam believes. So we'll keep it going, Adam. You get to pick the next topic. Uh, here's what I'm going to do, Adam, just for you. 
Let's actually hear from a PHL GOAT from before the season. Uh, start fast, finish strong. Um, I think it's really important to start fast. Last year we didn't start fast in most of the games, and it really did hurt us. Even though we came back and won some of them, some of them we couldn't overcome it. <clears throat> I think it would be a lot better if we just started fast and kept the hammer down all game long. And I, that team knows it. It's preached, uh, and I think we're going to do it. Is that something that Brian Kelly is, is mentioned to the team to, to get out to some better starts? Yeah, and so it's one of our it's one of our traits to start fast, and I think it's really important. Uh, we had it last year, but we still really didn't understand what the traits were. Like everyone everyone would make jokes, oh, Coach Kelly has these traits, but no one really knew what they were. But now everyone's starting to understand it. All right, start fast. We need to we need to start fast. Like it's very important for us to do this. So obviously Slade Roy, shout out to him. And so far, we have had two really good starts. I like last season. And uh, I've been really happy with that. Now, obviously, on the very first drive, we didn't convert in the red zone, so it really didn't mean anything, right? But at least we started faster, okay? We led in the first half. So, shout out to Slade. And in honor of Slade Roy, let's also bring up that he is a reason why we won this game last year. Because I'm not sure if we win that game if we don't get that muff. I am not sure, okay? So I'm glad you brought up starting fast, Adam. But also don't want to finish you quickly. And you want to obviously keep that momentum going throughout the course of a game. Put together a four-quarter game. LSU has had some rough third quarters. Um and uh, let's reevaluate how our third quarters have been rough. I mean, we've had some brutal third quarters. But we have mostly been exceptional in fourth quarters. If we look at it, we have mostly been exceptional. Fourth quarter, Jaden in the Mississippi State and Alabama game will forever be legendary, honestly. Um, but let's put together a four-quarter performance. Guess what? I love a good super chat. Okay. Uh, obviously, of course, Van Mogget, Hondo of it. But the cool thing about a super chat is you get to see your name flash on the screen. We better kick if we win the toss. Okay. The correct term, Branson, is we better defer. I've always hated that. If you really go up to a ref and say, yeah, we want to kick to start the half. Do you really think that's going to mean that we want to kick to start the second half? No. Oh, God. I don't even know what I don't even want to read Samuel's comment if it has Dr. Morgan hollering. I'm kidding. I did see it in the corner of my eye. I'll put it up there. Who that? Samuel says. My dad wouldn't take me to the Super Bowl because it was in Miami. And he wanted to see some big booty Latinas. I'm kidding. Latinas. I was devastated. So did y'all – I'm trying to get this. Did you see – because I know you, you – I think you live in the 504. 
did you go to Miami and just not go to the Super Bowl? Just so you could see the Latinas? I mean, sure. Uh, whatever floats your boat, Dad. I'll tell you this. I don't think I've ever seen any male disappointed at the sight of this. Oh, he left you. He left you at home. He went to the Super Bowl and didn't bring you. That was probably his excuse. His excuse was, "Well, you know what? I could." Pay the extra $5,000 for a Super Bowl ticket so my son can experience a moment he'll never forget. But he probably told your mother, we can't have young Sam seeing these large romps. We, 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 we can't have that. You would never recover. This live stream has gotten gotten weird. <laughs> MDP, one of our many patrons. Uh, Michael P says, Matt House obviously knows football. What do you think is going on with them? All right. Very good question. But thanks again, Adam, for the super chat. Sorry to hear you're working late. Let's see if we've gotten to the hundo mark so we can give out a Jaden card here. Oh, I got to click this right here. Okay, we're we're kind of close to that. Oh, okay, let's get a We are kind of close to the hundo. 5398. Okay. That's what it says here. Got a few Venmos. So, I let's see. Uh another another $20 super champ. We'll get it. And we will give out the Shane Daniels card right here. So let's talk about Madhouse. Yeah, he's got to be better. He, he just does Michael P. And I understand. He, he doesn't, he's not working with the absolute best right now. And especially on defense, your talent is oftentimes going to trump your scheme. And the scheme is, of course, better than the previous regime. We can acknowledge all those things. We can also acknowledge that Madhouse has had some absolutely spectacular games. Mississippi State last year being one of them. He does know the game. Brian Kelly has glowingly um, talked about how much he, kn he knows the game. I do feel, though, sometimes you can know too, too, too much. And it does feel sometimes, Michael P., that our guys are thinking a little too much. So, yeah, you know, I... By the way, thank you for being a patron as well. And uh, let me know. I, I think I've sent you a borough card. Uh, if I haven't, please send me your, your, your address. I'll, I'll get it out to you, man. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think necessarily 
I'll excuse the Florida State performance. I will. And I'll exclude, uh, excuse uh, the Georgia performance. There we go. Adam got us to the hundo. That's good stuff. Um, not quite to the hundo, but that's good enough for me. Jaden Daniels card. Who are we giving this out to tonight? Okay, so, I, so I've sent you. Okay, I just want to make sure. Who are we sending this to tonight? Put this on here. What you going to do with all that junk? All that junk inside that trunk? I'm going to get, 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 get you. Let's see. I want to go Dr. Morgan tonight. Dr. Morgan is a patron. One of my favorite viewers. Jackson, don't forget, you won a Brian Kelly card earlier this week. DM me on Discord your address so I could send it out. All right, looks like we're going to Dr. Morgan here. Congrats, Dr. Morgan. Second card you've won. You're adding a Jaden Daniels card to your collection. Now, if you would prefer, if you would prefer a certain someone else, I think you know who that is. Let me know. I could send you that one, and then just give this one out on the next stream. Because obviously, I have a ton of that certain player, as I shared earlier. So there you go. Dr. Morgan, just message me. Yeah, my number. So you can text me um, your address, or if you want a Discord, message me the address. It's, or, or Patreon, message me the address. It doesn't matter. Send it to me. So Dr. Morgan is our winner. So you want Jaden? You get Jaden. How about that? Samuel trying to get me in trouble with that comment a minute ago. Mike's going to be walking here saying, now hold on just a second. She's going to say, hold on just a second. Mario is awesome, by the way. You missed out if you missed it. So, truth be told, um, so I was looking this up, and I study YouTube, and the channel I actually watch most on YouTube is the NFL channel, because, you know, when I'm doing live streams on Thursday night, I miss the Thursday night game, and then obviously on Sundays, I miss all the NFL because I'm cutting the film study for Sunday night. So, I watch the NFL channel. And this is a good example to Samuel's point a minute ago. And it's not necessarily Latinas. I'm just going to point this out, though. All right. So the most viewed videos on the NFL channel 
are the Super Bowl halftime shows. And that makes sense, right? Music is just bigger than the NFL. And the halftime show is the biggest show in music. It just is. It's it's the highest level of American music culture is a Super Bowl halftime show. And this is a sign that America is consistently sex-crazed and horny. I, I swear, this is a perfect time. I want you right now to guess which Super Bowl halftime performance has the most views on YouTube, and it's not even close. Just give it a bit in the chat right now. Guess which Super Bowl halftime show has the most views. Bingo. Samuel, I see I see where your mind is located. Ha, 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 ha. It's Shakira and J-Lo. It's not even close. 293 million. I think the next highest is like 220 million. Two hundred ninety-three million people. Now I wonder what made that Super Bowl halftime show different. I'm just I'm just saying. Now of course they do have like a huge global appeal appeal. There's two big stars, obviously. But if you were to list all the Super Bowl halftime performances, I don't know how many times that one's going to be in the top five per se. That shows you, man. Dude, it's it's constant. Sex sells. Sex sells. I would have thought immediately it would have been the hip-hop halftime show. Now, my personal favorite, I know you guys are going to destroy me for this, is Rihanna. I'm such a huge Rihanna fan. Um, and my wife gets mad at me. She thinks that's my worst take. And that's okay. I know I was trashing some other music takes. Uh... But I'm a Rihanna fan. Come on, rude boy. Y'all don't get me started, man. We've already done Air Force One tonight. Yeah, so you would you would think it could be Janet Jackson, Justin Timberlake because of the slip. Ironically, the slip is actually the one Super Bowl moment that makes me believe in God more than anything else. True story. I was I was um, watching a that that Super Bowl at a church. Okay, Second Baptist Church. I was there, and I was watching with a group of people. Obviously, it's not the most football crazed people, and. The, the girls that were there were excited to see the Super Bowl halftime show. Okay. So 
you know, they light, they turned the lights down. Justin Timberlake walked out there and it was on the projector in the church. So think about all these. And I was younger. I think I was, I don't remember how old I was, but definitely not old enough to see what actually happened. So he started the Super Bowl halftime show and Justin was doing like some dances to start. And Brother Ray walked up. And Brother Ray is a spiritual man. God fearing. He's probably never said one curse word in his life. Now, Brother Ray's probably dropped a few dag flabbits and gosh darn it's. Brother Ray walked up, put his Nokia in his cell phone belt clip, laced up the white New Balances. Went to the front and said, in the name of the Lord, I'm turning this dream off. I will not expose you to this sinfulness. And everybody was so mad. So, so, so mad. And he turned off the halftime show like like 30 seconds into it. And that night I believed in God. Because you got to remember, I wasn't like when YouTube and TikTok and that kind of stuff was out. And of course, when you're you're young, I don't know y'all's beliefs or whatever. Believe in what you want to believe. Like when you're younger, you always, you're always like, okay, God. You know, most of us are introduced to Christianity when we're young, and I I was like, dude, God really works in mysterious ways. So when I get to school on Monday, I see every one of my guy friends with the biggest smiles on their faces they're like did y'all see that i was like man yeah the game was great they're like the game the game and when i tell you i was floored i didn't i didn't hear i, I swear i did not hear about it until you know that next day floored remember there one youtube one twitter and i was younger i was like i've got to see this <laughs> i've got to freaking see this and i don't know if i should be mad at brother ray henley or if i should be excited because my young eyes shouldn't have been exposed to that evilness it, I, the evilness oh so i was like ah really brother ray I've hold a I've held a grudge to him to this day. He even sponsored my first radio show out of college. You were in a feed shop. Dude, he has never done. And I was like, dude, was this guy at the last supper? I, I couldn't I bet you Brother Ray's great, 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 great grandfather was one of the 12 people went to the, the Last Supper and said, Hey, that Judas guy, look out. Because how could he how could he know this? And I know I should know the other people outside of just Judas, but it cut me some slack here. Okay. I I, I can get some of the other Bible trivia. But Matthew, Mark, Paul, it, it, whoever it was that elbowed Jesus and said, Hey, this Judas guy. That was brother brother Ray is a direct descendant of that. Because how could he know that the most beautiful woman on the planet was about to do
do something that no young child has ever forgotten. And I was robbed of that moment in the name of Jesus. My laptop kind of, I swear, when I slapped the table, it kind of, my laptop's old. So it could go out at any moment. I couldn't, I, if, if this goes out, I'm like, I'm becoming a priest. And, uh, or I'm becoming a Joel Osteen. Checking in from Germany. What's up, Bam TV? Welcome to the channel. Good to see you. But Billy, isn't that crazy? Could you imagine, Billy? You remember where you were. The crazy thing is no one even remembers what game Super Bowl that was. They remember the slip. Dude, I, I was like, that's crazy. That was a funny thing, LB88. I know you're a big Christian. I look at your name. But he wasn't even the pastor. Okay? And honestly, the pastor is normally not the most Christian person at your church. Let's be real. On average. Let's be real. You got I mean, come on. The deacons are. Right? It's just true. And that's nothing against pastors at a lot of them go corrupt. Let's just, let's just call, call a spade a spade here. Brother Ray, most Christian man I've ever met. Great man. Great man. Great man of God. But he was a faithful servant that day. It was, it was wild, man. Brother Ray, bro. I, I swear, you think I'm making up his name. I, I know where he lives. I'll call him up right now. I've actually never told that story on stage yet. Dude. Dude, y'all got to remember. Yusha in Ukraine. What's good, man? Yusha, one of the first PHLers. He is, I think he was one of the first 100 subscribers. Bam T. I'm assuming you are Army at Tony. Good to see you. All the way from Germany. Thank you for your service. True. Huh? Huh? That is true. Crazy story, though. Crazy story. But yeah, Shakira J-Lo. That, that halftime show is the most YouTube views. At least from what I saw. There might be a bootleg copy of Purple Rain. Once again, it also shows that the best isn't always the most popular. It's just true. It's just true. There's so many examples of this. So many examples of this. Okay. Who's better, Tim Duncan or Kobe Bryant? It's close, but who's more popular? They played it the same era. They they won the same amount of championships. 
they had the same level of dominance, if you ask me. If you think Tim Duncan's better, fine. Who's popular? Who's more important? Popularity. Slava Ukraini. Forever LSU. And forever Lazio. Shout out, Giorgio. RIP, Giorgio. That's a very inside joke between me and Yusha. It's not a joke. It's real. One of my coolest uh, experience. Jordan, you can't go to bed yet. You can't. For two reasons. The first is the party's just not getting started. And the second, and the most important thing, the second thing, is you're on the West Coast. Could you imagine some of the people that are listening to this on the East Coast right now? It is 11.53. And they might have just now gotten off work. And they might have wanted to sit in and actually talk about LSU football. And we're here talking about Brother Ray. But the truth is, can't go to bed. And Now, I know you got an important job. Come on, it's Friday, baby. Well, it's soon to be Friday. Soon, it's soon to be Friday on the East Coast, six minutes away. So yeah, so Giorgio is soccer club Lazio's Billy Cannon. He was the first big star for Lazio, and Giorgio was a friend of mine until he passed away. And we're actually talking about how Giorgio introduced me to Sir Alex Ferguson earlier in the live stream. So it's kind of crazy how that works. It's good to see you. Uh, but that's how I got to meet Sir Alex Ferguson is Giorgio. And I'll forever be thankful to him. And to make things easier, Giorgio Canalia was a teammate of Pele. Now, that makes sense. I showed you how great Giorgio was. Um, let's uh, keep it going here with Samuel. Starting 11. So, it'll. Oh, you want to give my starting 11 who I would start? Um, I think you keep the front the same. Mason, Wingo, Jones, Ovi. Just have a little bit of a deeper rotation. Play a little bit more Jordan Jefferson in this game. And uh, if they do start running the football down our throats, rotate Guillory in pretty quickly. Um, especially if it looks like Mason isn't like fully game ready, ready to go. And he's getting there. Now. Obviously, uh, we, we could see more Swinson as well. Now, I know a lot of you want to see more Womack. I've been begging for that myself. Now, linebacker. Obviously, I don't think Omar's going to play. They want to start Harold Perkins. So, Harold Perkins will probably start as the outside backer and or the nickel. Okay? So, I'm going to go Greg Penn, Harold Perkins, and... Um, I think they'll roll with West Weeks as a starter. And then in the secondary, I think it's going to be Andre Sam at the nickel, Zal Alexander, Deuce Chestnut, and the two safeties, Major Burns and uh, Greg Brooks. Now, how would I start it? I wouldn't start Sage Ryan, I'll tell you that. I would start it you know, very similar and then just have a very quick leash and give them a third game to see if they can figure it out. 
That's how fate works. Yeah, so I do have the Giorgio t-shirt. I actually do wear it quite a bit. Um, I wear it next Thursday. How about that? I normally wear a PHL shirt, though. Tonight, I um, actually uh, I had to uh, go to the, the soccer game I was telling you earlier, uh, my little neighborhood buddy's soccer game, and uh, came in straight from there, ate a little dinner. And y'all know what that is in just a second. And I uh, just sat down and started doing the show. Let's go to BAM TV all the way in Germany. What time is it there? I know you get that all the time. Let's see. So Germany is a little bit more Eastern than England. So I would guess. I would guess it's still pretty early if it's. 11 p.m. here. I would guess it's probably like 7 or 8 a.m. there. Um, what are my thoughts if J.D. doesn't perform well enough to win this game? What do you think Brian Kelly would do? I mean, he's a fifth-year senior. He was supposed to progress. I think J.D.'s progressed some. I think some of us want him to be a player that he's not. And I will also tell you this, BAMTV. I do think there are some things that he's missed up to this point that I thought he would have made. Now, it doesn't mean he's not playing well, and there are things that he's doing better. I do think he is seeing some of the coverages better, and I think in the first half of the Florida State game, he did a better job of playing on time. Um, but I'll tell you this, TV. I don't think he is someone that can win a game on his own, if you will. Win a game in just an all-out shootout. Like start to finish back and forth. I don't think that that's really his game. And to be honest, there's not many quarterbacks who can win that way. Um, But I do think in order to win a championship now, you have to win some of those games that way. Right, even a team that you normally don't associate with that Georgia, they played Ohio State, they couldn't stop them. That Ohio State offense in that Georgia game is honestly as as good of a playoff offense you will probably see outside of a course ours. So they're good. I mean, when you really think about it, how good they were, and that was without their. The, their first-round receiver, who was a first receiver taken off the board, you've got to be able to win in these kind of games. And I'm not sure if we're equipped to do it. Uh, you got to have you got to have the weapons. And, uh, yeah, Georgia just went ham. Air field goal kick away. Uh, but I do think he's improved some, and I hopefully we'll get to see more of that improvement on, on Saturday. But I just don't think he's going to play so bad that – uh, Nuss will be the guy, but I've certainly become a little bit more open to it. I, I thought, I thought Jared said Germany is East Baton Rouge here, East BR. I was like, oh my god, really? All 
and this is perfectly said, Dante. He just got to rip it. There was two in the two-minute drill versus Grambling. I thought he could have ripped. It's 6 a.m. I was close. I was close. I freaking love Europe, man. I do. They, dude, go to London, see how they do some things. You'll be like, dang, it's crazy. It's crazy how well some of England is. There are some things I'm like, eh, don't know if I could get used to that. God, London, incredible city. Liverpool, incredible city. That's this. Anfield Road. Jared, I don't know if this is a dad joke or not. I just noticed there's someone else from BAM TV. Y'all didn't see him back there? I don't know if that was a camouflage joke, but I mean, some of you might not see it. <laughs> I mean, uh, it's whatever it's whatever it's like the what the is the dress black or blue or is the dress gold and white? Hey, it's. Uh, Honest, honestly, though, like because BAM TV is 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 kind of new, I don't want to jump to conclusions. I since he is in Germany and he is wearing, you know, camouflage. I'm guessing it is him in the background, but it could be her. It could be her. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, Billy, I think some of it is youthful bliss because uh, that first year he was thrown to Brandon Ayuk, who honestly looks like one of the best wide receivers in, in the NFL right now. He was thrown to Frank Darby. Now that doesn't mean he has had great receivers to throw to at LSU. He's had awesome ones. He's at, and, and he also was thrown to Ricky Pearsall, who is Florida's best wide receiver right now. So – this is going to sound like an excuse, but it's not. Uh, I have an NFL group chat that I'm in of, of really smart people. And I kind of went on a little rant today about how much I think quarterback play just comes down to your coaching. And I've gone more towards the coaching side of the pendulum instead of just who you are as a player. And... I will I will honestly say this, and I really do mean it, because I'm not much of an excuse guy, but I do like to add context. I cannot tell you how hellacious Arizona State was under Herm Edwards, who very well could be one of the worst coaching hires I have ever seen in any program. It made no sense. Absolutely no sense. And the fact that 
Arizona State just kind of let that happen. It would be one thing if it was just somebody who was just looking for someone. But the athletic director at Arizona State was an agent or some way associated with Herm Edwards. And it made no sense. Now, I understand thinking outside the box because you are Arizona State and you're not a big-time program. I get it. But I was like, mm. And then you had all these violations. The team was disheveled. And I cannot state enough how many third and 15s and third and 20s that Jaden Daniels had to play with. And it causes you to press. And I think that had an impact on him. Now, he's not really ever been a precision passer. I don't think anyone would tell you that. But it was not ideal circumstances. It just wasn't. And the recruiting violations, all the stuff, Jaden walking in on them watching film of another quarterback. What? What? So, Billy, I think all those things happen. And ultimately, though, I, I do think Jaden needs to need to play better. But so far, he's I don't think he's been terrible. I just don't. Now, my comment section would disagree with me, and that's fine. That's a great thing about this channel. Now, there are some people that get a little crazy with it. And I'm like, eh, you're getting a little overboard there. But I'm open, I'm open to Nesmeyer. I am. I am. But I think it would be not smart to not start Jane Daniels. I think the game I would have started for Nussmeyer would have been Grambling, give him a start against a team you know you're going to win. That's fine if you didn't. So there you go. And Jared was like, I was looking at the legs on BAM. Oh, wait. And, of course, BAM TV. That's my wife, Jared. How could you not see BAM TV? Here's like, I'm just messing. I'm just messing. I will say, if it was anybody else other than Jared, because I know Jared's wife watches the show too. Shout out to Nicole. All right, we'll do it again. In the next five to ten minutes, answer as many questions as we possibly can. But if you super chat, keep the party moving. Hey, Mr. DJ, put the record on. I want to dance with my baby. I know. Yeah. Yeah. That's true, Michael B. That's true. Come on, dude. I'm telling you, if Grambling did not commit all those penalties, now their defense wasn't going to stop us and they were going to get blown out eventually. But their penalties really hurt them. Also, I will say, 
I'm just going to bring it up again. That hit that Mason Smith took was the dirtiest thing I think I've ever seen. That is still the – dude, I lose sleep over that. That would make me, after the game, want to blow up at the opposing team's head coach. Now, it would be one thing if that was just an isolated incident, but they had a few late hits and chippy plays. I would have destroyed the opposing team head coach for hitting Mason Smith that cheaply. When he was getting triple teamed, fell to the ground, and the dude... Um, and and the dude freaking did what he did. Can't, dude. I, I, it's cheap, just cheap, dude. It's freaking cheap. You shot with the super chat. What's good, brother? Let's go, my man. Bringing the heat. You show whatever topic you want to talk about. Let's get to it. Uh, and we'll talk about the. So I actually know that young man's uh, the, the actually Colorado State's coaches. I know his son. Ironically, I met his son in Baton Rouge, played at Wisconsin. Uh, I think it's great. Anything else you could put on the Dion fire? I freaking love it. Can't get enough Dion Sanders, man. I know a lot of you don't don't care because it's not SEC, it's not LSU. Freaking love this story. Like I was sharing a little bit earlier. People, it's right down the middle. It's either you really love this guy, you really hate him. And there are some people in the middle, there always is. But I just think that there is a good equal amount of people that just don't like Dion and love Dion. I think it's great. Keep it going. Let's go to Michael P. Why is Lacey still starting? Okay. Very, very good question. First thing I'd say, Michael P., is never underestimate the power of being likable. He's likable. He's an affable guy. Also, something else Michael P. I would bring up is not all receivers are good at blocking. You're just not. Lacey knows how to block. He is physical. He is a team player. And they like him. LSU has put him in front of the media. But honestly, I think it's a blocking and him just knowing the offense and him being a little bit more of a pure slot receiver. But he can't catch. He's got ball security issues. Um, but Jaden has comfortability with him in the slot, and that's part of it. You know, with a lot of Kyron's drops, is not been for a lack of Jaden not throwing a good ball. I think Jaden's missed him on a few throws. That was just all Jaden's fault. But a good part of Kyron's drop balls is on him. And he probably doesn't drop him in practice. But that's why games matter. And, yeah, I think that's part of it. But I also think Michael P., he does deserve to get benched. Okay? And I will say this. He will play a lot on Saturday, more than likely. 
And if he drops again, oh. Yeah, Michael B. Dude, that one kept me up at night, dude. I've never seen, dude, never, never. I swear, I've seen cheap shots. Mac Jones has had, ironically, has had a few of them in the NFL. Never seen anything like that. Never seen a guy being triple teamed, right? It, it, think of it like this. And we get to use your super chat here. Think of it like this. Imagine if you're you're ganging up and you're fighting somebody. And it's and it's it's three on one. It's three on one. And then somebody from the back just comes up and rabbit punches a guy. Four on one, doesn't even. It's Bush League. Dude's taking you on three on one. The least you could do is go four on one. But no, the dude missed the block, turns around, sees Mason Smith is on the ground, cheap shot him. The freaking umpire is sitting right the freak there. Now, I understand. I am biased because Mason's obviously one of my guys. I collect his cards. Known some people that are close in his orbit. But I would say this if this was freaking Alabama's defensive tackle on the ground. It's a cheap shot. You don't freaking do that, man. Don't freaking do that. And it's not soft. You don't do that, man. Guy's got a freaking future. You want to know why in in boxing and in MMA, you know the one part of the body above the waist they don't let you hit in boxing is the back of their freaking neck. It's called a rabbit punch. Can't hit there. You can hit everywhere else above the belt. Can't hit in the back of the neck. Only place. Only place in boxing you can't hit. Dude wants to freaking go head first right in. I kicked the dude off the team. I swear to God. I swear to God. Can't do that, man. And if I was Brian Kelly, I would have sent that thing to the head of head of SWAC officiating. I would have sent it to the coach. If I would have seen it in the game, I would have gotten Hugh Jackson's face. And ripped him a new one right on the eye of the tiger. I wouldn't freaking care. I wouldn't freaking care if there was 50 gazillion cameras. I mean, I wouldn't freaking care if it pissed off Booster. I wouldn't freaking care if it was a bad look on the university to choose someone out when you beat them 72 to 10. You cannot let that happen. That is unacceptable. It's freaking unacceptable. And you know, it's it's bull, it's 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 bull. To use Dion's terms, it's bull junk. It's bull junk. You can't let that happen. Not cool. Not freaking cool. It's dangerous. It's dangerous. But Mason's a tough son of a gun, and he was he stayed out on the field. I cheapest shit I've ever seen. Excuse my French. It, it really was. You like your sketchers, huh? 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 Um, the most important thing is being a receiver is catching the football. I know some people say, well, it's blocking, it's being a good teammate. No. And in this aspect, of course, everybody's got to be a good teammate. That's the first thing. It's not a good message. 
Can't get on my high horse and send a bad message. But you got to catch a football. You got to catch it. You got to catch it. There's nothing more deflating for a football team than a receiver dropping a pass. It really isn't. Because, look, when you turn the football over... There you go, Clint. You're on the you're part of your PHL patron now. Let's go. All right, Clint. I will shoot you a message. Get you all set up with the Discord. Thank you so much, man. Pegasus, I forgot about that one, man. Yeah, yeah, it was kind of very similar. Now this is coming back to me. I do think though, what makes this one a little bit cheaper is. The dude thought about it, and Mason was triple teamed and already on the freaking ground. Dude was pissed that Savian Jones put him on his ass, or or he swam move him, and the dude fell forward. But if you want to see the play, go to the film study from the Grambling game. It's early in the third quarter. You can see it for yourself. Or it's towards the end of the film study. You can find it. Now... I'm sorry, you should I get fired up about that kind of stuff. I would never disrespect your super chat. You have been with me uh, since less than 100 subscribers. So let's talk about how LSU can win the West. All right. So how can LSU win the West? Well, obviously, if they win all their games. Newsflash. This team, I do not believe. I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. But... The likelihood, Yusha, of us not losing another SEC game is very little. Okay? Now, ironically, if there is an SEC game you want to lose, it's the Missouri one. Okay? That is the one you want to lose. It's a road game. It's also middle of the season. It's easier to get over a loss in the middle of the season. And also, it is a loss to an Eastern opponent. So if LSU were to lose to Missouri or Florida, but win their entire rest of the schedule, now they would only have they would they would need to only lose to Missouri or Florida. If they lose to both, they're probably not getting in. But you would want to lose to either one of those two because that way that assures you of being in the SEC championship game. Okay. So you want to either lose to Missouri or Florida. Now, can they win the West? They can. They do. I, they, they will lose one of these games. It's going to be really hard to see this team winning the table with all uh, running the table with all the holes in it in the roster. Now, the truth is. I know some have said the SEC is down this year. I I would tend to agree with this. Um, there have been years where I felt the SEC was down. There was one year at SEC Media Days I predicted the SEC was going to be down, and I actually did a segment from SEC Media Days. Does the S- I asked all the national guests, do you believe the SEC sucks this year? And I think it was one of the years Florida played in the SEC championship game, some of those McElwain teams. I don't remember, but – yeah, I felt the SEC just stunk. And the past couple of years, it's been really strong. It really has. 
2020, it was really strong. 2021, it was really strong. 2022, it was really strong. 2023 is like obviously the first year. It's it's had some ups and downs. But I also think it is more so the upper tier having holes. And I think the lower tier is kind of just okay, right? Like for me, you look at all the elite programs in the SEC, the schools that recruit – in the top 15, Georgia's team isn't as good as either of the Georgia teams for the past couple of seasons. That's a no-doubter. Alabama's down. LSU's got holes. So the big three obviously have issues. And then, of course, Auburn is rebuilding. Florida's in a rebuild. Tennessee's team isn't as good as last year's Tennessee's team. So, and then, of course, Texas A&M's Texas A&M. So, yeah, that's that's a good thing if you're LSU. That's a really good thing. So Dante says, they have a shot if they can win the next three. I agree. Michael B., I agree. I think I think 10 and 2 is the ceiling right now. Um, I, I would be perplexed if they won out. I will do a show shirtless. With LSU shaved in my belly. I'm that hairy. I just am. If we if we went out. Now it's up to you guys if you actually want that to happen. Some of you do. Just know I'm married. Kidding. I don't see us going 11 and 1. Now I want the team's mentality to be that we're going to win out, but I doubt it. All right. I remember bringing this up on 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 AYS, and, and Blake brought this up. He says, I don't fear anyone. There's no one that really scared Blake outside of Florida State before we got to Bama. And I agree with you. Nobody scares me. But Jay Madison – Unless Joe Burrow is your quarterback, you're never guaranteed to win every game. In a neutral site, with more than a week to prepare, Georgia would never lose to Missouri. They would beat Missouri 99 times out of 100. But in the middle of the season, on a trip to Columbia, Missouri, Georgia should have lost that game last year. So it's not a matter of you're not fearing anyone. You just have to prepare yourself for the team to not play well in one of these games and probably lose. Now, that's not the fan me doing this. Odyssey Pegasus, all of them. All of them, for this reason. You want to know why I harped on blowing teams out? It's because of this. If you don't blow teams out, every game is 50-50, right? And LSU blew out Purdue last year, and that's it. That's it. You want to know why I felt really strongly about Florida State going into this season? 
it's because they blew a lot of teams out. It's hard to do that. It's hard to do that. Like the other team has to either just suck and play horrible or you have got to be really good and you've got to have an offense that has an extremely high ceiling. Florida State blew a lot of teams out. Okay? If you don't, you're going to have weird games like the Auburn game last year where they averaged 6.3 yards for play and you averaged 3.6 and you won the game. I don't think people understand how big of a chasm that is. 6.3 is a championship-level offense. 3.6 is a not-good offense at all. At all. And you won the game. So, yeah, every game is technically a 50-50 game until you prove you can blow somebody out. And LSU did end up blowing Ole Miss out of the water. Um, in, in a power five setting. And of course, Purdue, but Purdue is a, was a power five game in name only. You guys know that Drew Brees was coaching the team. Come on. And I love Drew, but come on. You know, I could see it, man. You're going on the road. Going on the road. Something else about this uh, 50-50 split Pegasus is none of these teams we play are just terrible. None of these teams are terrible. Okay? So, 2019 was the last season that the bottom half SEC teams were just terrible. Like, just god-awful. Mississippi State was awful. They had a, a true freshman quarterback that's actually the quarterback at Syracuse now. Um, Arkansas was awful. They had Chad Morris, who's probably the worst coach ever in the SEC. Um, and then, obviously, we played Vanderbilt, and that was awful. They were terrible. Now, it wouldn't have mattered. We would have beaten, even if those teams were at their peak, we would have beaten everybody. But that 2020 season... Ole Miss hired Lane Kiffin, who's really good. Arkansas hired Sam Pittman, who's been really good. Mississippi State hired Mike Leach, who was really good. And since then, they've all been good. And these programs don't suck anymore. Because they hired the good coach. They invested more money into the program. And the transfer portal happened. So that's why LSU needs to play at their peak. Because the floor of the other teams have gotten better. They just have. So it 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 becomes one of those things where you're like, hey, yeah, we got more talent. We have a better blue chip ratio. We got a better coaching staff. But we're not playing at our peak. We're not playing at our maximum. And I think Brian Kelly mentioned this. Like in college football – and you hear me say this all the time. I'll say it again. Your opponent matters so much more than all the other sports. Who you play matters so much more in any other sport that we have. So that's why being at your peak truly does matter. Because if you're at your peak and you have more talent, guess what? It doesn't matter who's on the other sideline. 
unless, of course, it's a team that has the same level of talent as you do. Okay, Alabama, Georgia, Texas A&M. Only schools currently in the SEC that has close to your blue chip ratio. Tennessee, technically. Auburn, technically. Florida, technically. But we don't play Tennessee this year, thankfully. And I don't think they're playing the right quarterback anyway. And Auburn, Florida, we know they're a few years away anyway. So that's why, you know, you hear me talk about splitting games up in the halves. It increases the sample. It doesn't just become about if we won the game or lost the game. It makes you start realizing how Jekyll and Hyde we have been. So, yeah, that's why Slade Roy was on here saying, hey, Brian Kelly. So I played that clip a little bit earlier. He's been emphasizing starting fast because we weren't we weren't a great team when it comes to starting fast. And you notice one thing, our special teams have been way better. Good sign. Brian Kelly deserves a lot of credit for that. Our offense has been better. In terms of pace of play, we're 14th in plays. In terms of efficiency, we have overall been very efficient. We've had one bad half. It's just our defense sucks. And it, it's tough to realize that, but it's true. Everybody, welcome Matt to the channel. Good to see you. He's got the close-up selfie game going. I always love Nino's backdrop. I want y'all to see the, the Shaq jersey. Look at that. Can't beat that backdrop, man. So, like, for me, 17 in the second half is about what I would consider being a blowout because that's a three-possession game, right? I think that I think that would be, if you're up by 17 at any point in the second half, it's not technically a blowout, but it's hard to get to that. Um, and like I said, it's hard to blow teams out. It just is because you've got to be clicking – and sometimes they need to not be clicking for that to happen, right? Like, why do we get blown out by Florida State? Well, they started playing better, but also we started playing worse. If we didn't start playing worse, they wouldn't have blown us out. So it's a, it's a give and take thing. Now, there are some teams that can play very well and the other team play well, and you still blow them out. Think Ole Miss game. We hopped on them 21 to nothing. They had their best offensive game of the year. Still didn't matter. Let's go to Matt. All things are fixable with more reps and games. I agree with you. I do think it's I do think it's semi-fixable. Oh, look at this. I'm telling you, we have a lot of military that support PHL, including our friend from Germany, BAM TV, who Jared didn't see at first. But to be honest, Jared, I don't think you're the only one. <laughs> I do agree. Now, since I did get up at 5 in the morning dreaming about John Madden and Shrimp Po' Boys, 
This will be a quick one. If I get a super chat in the next minute, we'll keep it going. If not, I am about to run out of juice here. Like, not my phone. My phone is juiced up. It's me. It's me. I. I'm the problem. It's me. Lots of music tonight. few more in here. Adam kept it going. We're keeping it going. Let's keep it going. <laughs> Mike wasn't ready for it to end. Michael B's like, I'm ready to go to bed. Huh? huh? Michael B, I'll just start talking about some... Uh, uh, I... I start talking about some some Liverpool. Let's keep it going. Adam, it's yours, man. Michael B. is still technically the Super Chat King. It's down to Michael B. and Van. It's down to those two. But, as Michael B. shared, he did have a, did have a leak he had to take care of. And those are expensive. Uh, just, guys, just to let you guys know, there's um, the floors in our house 
because of the moisture is um, the floor is is propped up. There's like a hole in our floor. So I don't know if our house is just sinking. But if it sinks, I'm going down with it. We are talking about heaven earlier. If the devil wants me, I guess that's just my destiny. But it's not. It's not. Because our brother Ray Henley. Dev... I think it says in the top left corner of the screen, three hours and 20 minutes for this one. And I did an hour long stream uh, earlier tonight, but we did have a guest. So it is what it is. I'm so mad, though, that uh, Forza Lazio. I'm still so mad I had DeAndre Swift on my bench tonight with freaking uh, playing against Jared in the PHL Fantasy League. What's up, Go Gators? It's been a while since I've seen you. I actually do think Florida's going to cover. I do. I, I don't... I... <laughs> It's a little eye testy. I haven't really left Tennessee. They've just had the easiest SEC schedule up to this point, not named Arkansas or Kentucky. Um, but then again, you know, Tennessee caught a major break that Virginia is is probably in the worst coaching situation in America right now. I just saw this. I haven't been able to see any Justin Jefferson highlights. So obviously before I go to bed, I'm going to have to watch all of it. I did just see this highlight. His chain fell off. And he just like grabbed it and chunked it to the sideline. I would guess, known as wealth, that chain is probably at least worth 50K. I couldn't imagine just chunking that to the sideline.
No, Don, I kind of want to stay up. Don, you never know when that Ambien hits, boy. It, it, you, you, you'll start typing out all kinds of things. If you stay up too late and that Ambien hits, I've not taken any of my melatonin just yet. Man, if you stay up too late after... Uh, now, I actually didn't start taking like sleeping pills until I uh, started dating Haley. But I know when I stayed up too late... And I was single, you get a little lonely, and then you just start texting. People you shouldn't be texting. Hey, girl I met at the bar one time. What's going on? We we never went out. Where are you nowadays? And then you'll randomly say, hey, you want to get on the phone? And you actually... She she says yes, and then you hear her voice is scratchy. She smokes three packs a day. She's been married twice. She has six kids with three different men. Yeah, that's why I can't stay up too late. Because if you're, especially if you're single, if you're single, you'll, you'll start you'll start getting thirsty. You'll start getting thirsty. You don't want that. You don't want that. Mm. When you take them in, trust me, Don, I would prefer you stay here, obviously, Dante. But go to bed. <laughs> you, you never know. You never know, man. What? Dude, AP's got some of the craziest stories. He has the travel softball story. He has the $6,000 vet bill story, which shared to, which ended up being the funniest story I've ever shared on PHL before. Um, this, this is up there, though, with AP stories. Woke up the next morning with cake on my face. I ate half a cake and didn't even remember. What AP doesn't tell you, all right, and AP told me this story already, so y'all don't know this part. This wasn't in his own house. AP was three doors down, another music reference for you, in just his underwear and slides. And he was like, Wait, are, are, am I at three one seven Majesty Street? No, who are you? Who are you? Who are you? Why do you have what? Why do you have my? This was supposed to be my my anniversary cake. I was surprising my wife, and AP just throws a cake down. It's like, Dad, covet shit. I took my ambience and I didn't go straight to sleep. Didn't go straight to sleep. Could you imagine the look on AP's wife's face when he walked in? Honey, what? Where were you last night? Were you at a Steve Aoki concert? Now, that's a deep cut. Were you? What? Where, where were you? What were you doing?
And then AP is like, no, nah, I took one of my ambience. And your wife says, wait, no, 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 no. You didn't take one of the ambience in the, in, in the other pill jar, did you? And like, no, no, I took it out. And then AP realizes, oh, shit. He accidentally took his dog's medicine that he was paying the $6,000 vet bill on. <laughs> so AP took took three. <laughs> this is a deep cut. He took three Azadils. And he, he was like, oh, crap. That's why I have cake on my face. Because that is something a dog would do. They, the dog would find another house and just eat the cake. And APs never get the straight look from his neighbors anymore. They would honestly call the cops on you, to be honest. It gets weird late at night. Y'all blame Adam. Y'all blame Adam. That is crazy, though. That's a crazy story. Honestly, not the hyperbolized story that I shared. It might be true, though. It might, it might be true. It might be true. Don't. That is crazy that you just woke up with cake on your face. Wait, what? <laughs> so this actually did happen? <laughs> Dante, you, you really didn't. You really do need to go to bed. And this is a funny callback. All right, Dante, if you joined us from the Mario thing, one of the hardest things I've ever laughed at was when Billy asked Mario, who's Honduran, what is what what was your favorite thing to eat growing up? And he was gonna think he was thinking it was gonna be like some very deep like Honduran food item and Mario said, Oh cheeseburgers. <laughs> he said a whopper. Uh, <laughs> It's absolutely crazy, though. I woke up more one morning with the McDonald's bag in, in the bed with me, and I didn't remember driving. Dude, that is wild. That's absolutely wild. That is so wild. Hopefully what happened is you, you had your ambies and you just called DoorDash. <laughs> but, God. Yeah, Dante, you really need to go to bed. I would I would hate to be the reason you stayed up late. And next thing you know, you're sitting at one of those 24-hour subways. Wait, your your sister your sister had this happen before? What the hell is an ambient? What the hell? <laughs> she did the Cheetos thing. Oh my god.
Oh, that's funny. All right, Dante, go to bed. Like, for real, I, I do not want to get blamed for this. I really do not. If The thing that would be scary, though, Dante, if it, is if you saw that you spent, like, $223 at McDonald's. And, and what if you just walked at 3 a.m., just ambied out of your mind? You're like, like the, the Tim Robinson sketch off of – of the Netflix show. Yeah, like 55 Whoppers. <laughs> 55 Whoppers, 55 tacos, 55 tacos. <laughs> what if you what if you actually made that order and McDonald's just can Sir, we we, we don't have tacos. 55 <laughs> Oh, that's so funny. That's such an internet thing. That is one of my favorite sketches of all time. I'm a big sketch comedy fan. I love absurdist comedy. <laughs> that sketch is so funny, dude. What's your favorite fast food? Oh, that's a good question. Honestly, as far as burgers are concerned, in and out. I'm a big in and out dude. It could just be that I'm not able to get it too, too, too much, but I do believe the hype. It was a 20-piece nugget and two large fries. <laughs> oh, man. God bless. God, you didn't need ice cream. And you ain't getting it there. Yeah, look, Adam does have like an actual job job. Adam has one of those job jobs. I'm surprised that you let him wear PHL shirts at work. If he's at work, this could just be his backyard. I don't know too many backyards, though, that has like a helium tank and like a forklift back there. Whatever the hell that thing is. But this looks like it's one of those name tag jobs, and he just put his PHL shirt on like – you know what I'm saying? Like one of those name tag jobs where it has just Adam right here over his heart. Good old corporate uh, thing. Yeah, where, where are you going to put the name tag? Right over the most second most important part of the body. Right here. It's on your heart. Your name. You wear your name on your heart. Poison gas safety. That doesn't sound important at all. While I sit here telling stories about Shakira and Janet Jackson and all kinds of stuff. This honestly makes no sense, Adam. You just typed a a, a comment in Adamese here, whatever language this is. No, I'm poison gas safety. I'm sitting here on this drilling rig till they get the casting cemented after that. No chance of H2S coming back unless the cement job fails. What the hell is this? All I know is you are steel toe, uh, steel toe boots and you drive a Dodge. That's the only thing I know after this comment. I 
I do. I do have a friend that actually worked the rigs. And he's a country star. His name is um, lower, not like a super famous country star, but if you work a rig, you'll love his music. Uh, his name is Frank Foster. Frank's a good friend of mine. Um, Frank's a good dude, man. Gave Lenny Wilson a start, or her start, and obviously she's superstar. Uh, I was at the shop, but what the? This just sounds like very advanced. Get the casing cemented. After that, no chance of what the hell is H2S? That sounds like I don't even know what H2S sounds like. It sounds like if Bono started a boy band. He called Joey Fatone. Hey, I got an idea. Dude, I knew Pierce, I knew Pierce was lurking. I knew it. I knew it. I, I this and Pierce, you said nothing during the Shakira chant. During the Shakira chat earlier, you said nothing. I knew I, I knew I should have said Ford. I knew I should have said Ford. I knew it. I freaking knew it. Why did I say Dodge? Dodge? No. That's like Chargers and stuff like that. I knew I should have said Ford. Oh, hydrogen sulfide. Oh, the H2O. Yeah, YouTube doesn't actually do the two underneath. Okay. Sorry. Skip chemistry class, obviously. You drive me crazy, baby. Oh, come on, Michael B. Don't come at me with this BS. Yeah, it's definitely do in and out so freaking cheap. So when I went to get my shrimp po' boy today with no drink, no drink shrimp po' boy, fifteen seventy five for the shrimp po' boy and the fries, fifteen seventy five. Now it was really good. So I, I like I said, if I pay up for food and it is really good, I live with it. I don't know. Dude. Dude, I knew the Laney Wilson. Anytime I bring up Laney Wilson, I've got to make sure none of y'all ever get my phone. I should have never, ever said I had Laney Wilson's number. Never. Never. Now, if I go to PHO get-togethers, I got I to gotta make sure... She's probably the most famous person on my phone now, if I'm being serious. She dates a football player. She dates a football player named Duck. Good luck. Huh? Y'all are out. 
Lainey is awesome. No, she was so nice to me. And uh, I spun her music before before a lot of people did. Open for All right, Adam. You have a minute. I am really wearing down. We have gone long. I don't think we've done a four hour in a while. And I still got to put this on podcast. This train wreck of a show. I love it, Pierce. He says, it should have been me. No, Pierce. Since we're talking about music, it's gonna be May. Yeah. If you actually go to my Instagram story, you'll see that Haley and I were doing the dance. And by Haley and I, I mean she was. Because I can't do the. Do that dance. You have to admit, even if you don't like boy bands, the choreography, that is top five band choreography. I swear. Do not tell me that that dance does not freaking slap. It's got, dude. You don't want to lose it again. Baby, when you finally get to love somebody, guess what? You drive me crazy, baby. And feels all right. Me and Haley have been on a boy band kick. Dude. It's gonna be me might be the best boy band song, though. Because the choreography and the music video with them as the puppets. So freaking good, dude. So freaking good. Yeah, so uh, Sundays uh, or Saturdays, it'll be pregame, halftime, postgame. And we will go right after the game is over. For the Arkansas game, we will be an hour after the game is over. So we'll be up late. All right, Adam's keeping it going. I will say, once this $5 Super Chat ends, I've got to end it. I am wearing out. But I like to stick to my word. So if you want to keep it going, I'm, ju- I'm just pointing out this. I'm trying not to be an ass here. You, it, it's it. We, we, you either got to keep doing fives or, or keep it going because I, I am. But I don't, I don't mind hanging out with you. I mean, hell, I, I could never do your job. You could probably do mine. The likelihood of you doing mine is, is a lot more than me doing yours. Okay. Yeah, we'll go on right after Mississippi State game. I will also say this, Adam. I was listening to a sports podcast, and I won't say I was listening. Someone sent me this clip, and they said, "Would uh, could you? Which would you rather do? Do you think you could hit a ball versus Shohei Otani?" 
in 10 tries? Could you beat Derrick Henry in a tackle in one-on-one out of 10 tries? Or do you think you could score on LeBron out of 10 tries? Which one do you think is the easiest? You are so wrong if you think Otani is the easiest. You you you're so wrong. If if like with LeBron and Derrick Henry, at least you can see something. If you're in the batter's box with Otani throwing a hundred, you're not gonna see the ball. You're not going to be able to see it. Derrick Henry, I, you're not going to, dude, you're, you're, you're going to get yourself hurt. You shouldn't do that. And you're not scoring on LeBron. You're not. He will block your shot every time. You're not, you're, you're no, no, no chance. I, I, I think the best shot you have, though, honestly, is a LeBron thing because you're not going to get hurt. Otani, you have no shot. You you would not. He could throw it right down the middle ten times. You'd have to bunt. You wouldn't. You wouldn't make contact though. You would be so scared. And Derrick Henry's huge. Uh, when I flew into the Super Bowl a few years ago, I was actually standing right next to him, um, leaving the airport. And he's massive. He's absolutely massive human being. The Derrick Henry, uh, whatever photo with uh, Mark Ingram. It's a great photo. But the NBA guys are so much bigger than the NFL guys. But the NFL guys can't hurt you. So I would definitely take the LeBron option. But the Otani one, you're not, you're not hitting that. You 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 would not get close unless you obviously have some kind of baseball experience. But you're not if if you're just talking about random dude who works out six two, but didn't really play any sports. The hardest thing to do would be the Otani thing. You would have no shot. You you're not you're not. You're not going to see it. You're not. You, you'll you'll honestly blink and you'll miss it. And then when the first one comes in, if it, if he's throwing a hundred on every one of them, you are starting to crap your pants because it it is scary when a ball's coming in that hot. I've never been in a batter's box when I saw a hundred. I've seen ninety. Ninety. That was when I was like, okay, this is not for me. This is not for me. Okay. And I only saw 90 in like a like a batter's like batting cages. Like you are not you're you're and the fact that the, those guys saw Otani. No way. Especially if you especially if you have no baseball skills. Football, like 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 Jared said, you could trip Derrick Henry. You could probably just dive at his knees one time and get lucky. But you can get hurt. 
LeBron, I'm taking that option. So you would take the LeBron, Adam? You'd back up in the batting cages? Yeah. What would be crazy is, like, obviously Otani's best strategy would be just throw fastballs. Because he knows, like, the regular person is not going to hit that. But curve change, I would love for him to throw just one, like, Ephus pitch on the final one. And you'd, you'd be like, really, dude? Really, you're going to do that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, you're 6'2", six, 6'3", six, so you'd be able to get a shot off. But if you're not at least six foot, you're not even going to get a shot off if he's playing hard. He's too long. You're not getting a shot off. But I think Pierce, you're 6'2", 6'3", 6'4". You're in that range. You'd probably be able to get a shot off. But throwing 100, dude. I'd love to stand in the box one time just to see one 100-mile-per-hour pitch. Your man standing in there playing Paul Skeens. Good luck. I think that one, honestly, I got a Paul Skeens card right here. I honestly think it would take at least two months of training at the batting cages every day before you can even foul a ball off at a hundo. Right, Adam. Looks like Adam is tapped out, and I have as well. I don't know if I'm going to be able to squeeze all of this in the audio podcast, but I have to because our guest was awesome. Oh, that's a crazy story. Have you shared this before? Adam says, instead of a super chat, let me give you a crazy story. His freshman year, he tackled Adrian Peterson in high school. I played both ways, QB safety freshman year. And then you move back to Louisiana. Dang, Texas high school football is so big. They flew out of Palestine to, to, to play football. That's crazy. But no, I know Palestine, Texas. I got you. Yeah, I bet you Adrian Peterson was freaky. That That's crazy. The craziest thing about Derrick Henry, though, is the fact that he had like 5,000 carries in high school. Like the fact that he's still going down, he's still good. After getting 40 carries a game, <laughs> 40 carries a game, his final two games, 40 carries. And then, um, and then at Uli in, in Florida, he got like 20 carries a game in, in Florida. Could you imagine being like a 5'10 high school kid? Knowing you're going to be selling insurance when you get your basic four-year bachelor degree, oh, could you think of all the Tuckers and Fletchers trying to tackle him in high school? Dear Lord. That's crazy.
Yeah, I think scoring on LeBron would be easier than scoring on scoring on Kobe. Kobe is not letting any regular human being get a shot off. LeBron will probably be like, he'll probably laugh it off and take it easy. Kobe is Kobe will probably punch you in the face if he saw you get past him. He's not gonna he's he's not gonna let you do that. All right, y'all. Big thanks. Oh, we got to do uh, the Super Chat shout-outs. Grant, Jared, Ed, Blanche, TJ, Adam, our top Super Chatter of the evening, Yusha from Ukraine, Michael P., Clinton, who joined our Patreon tonight. That's cool stuff. Clinton, we'll get y'all set up with the Discord. And Yusha, once again, Adam's our top Super Chatter tonight. Big shout-out. We had two-card winners, Dr. Morgan with the Jaden Daniels card. And the great Jackson Carney getting a Brian Kelly card from your truly. I don't think Jackson's watching. He's a Newcastle fan. Newcastle caused me a lot of pain last year. If you know, you know. Not going to get into that. Also, definitely not ever take an Ambien. Definitely not ever take an Ambien. What's, man, we can't end if Marcus is just not joining us. Y'all got to understand, Marcus is honestly getting ready to go to work. Marcus works from 3 a.m. to what, noon? Something like that. At the three games, you already had 7.30. I'd be freaking. Like, obviously, high school me would go in saying, hell yeah. Mm. It is indeed a happy Friday to each and every one of you. Big shout out to Mario. You can hear him actually in a few hours on the 104.5 channel. It is. Power. Power. LSU. Boom. I think it would start Anderson first because Anderson has already started a game versus UCLA. Tonight, we are doing oh yeah, barbecue chicken and Caesar salad. Let's go. Shout out to John Madden. 